Let's commence the deep dive. In these crazy and dire circumstances, while the world is on fire, people are dying, getting sick, cities are quarantined, people are blaming China, people are blaming Russia, biolab stories, we need some answers, damn it. We need some answers, we need some truth, we need some wisdom. I'm done with all the nonsense. I'm done with all this corona nonsense. We need some straight up answers. What the hell is going on? And there's only one guy on Twitch who's going to give us these answers. The wisest, smartest man on Twitch. The sage. Wake the beast. How you doing, brother? There it is. I hear something. Oh, awesome, man. Doing great. How about you, my man? Thanks for having me today. Always, brother. Always. Whenever you have the time, you're welcome, man. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to see you, bro. Yes, I'm happy, and thank you for a very generous introduction as well. Always. Got to. I got to. Thanks for coming, Reverend Beast. Yes. Thank, thank Reverend. You. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Tink, right? Yeah. He he calls me the preacher man. The I, preacher beast. I think that's a beautiful title, man. You earned it. Well, I'm just a guy with a camera and some free time. Mm, aren't we all? <laughs> Let's just get in there, man. How are you holding up this quarantine? Well, it's been very introspective for me, this mm. quarantine. I've been spending it um, getting hydrated. As you can see, I have my purple water bottle here. That's good. Um, my son has a new favorite book now. Mm. It's called The Going to Bed Book. And it's about preparing oneself for bed. Mm. And in the book, it walks you through the steps of going to bed. The sun goes down. You take a bath in a big scrub tub with lots of soap and bubbles. You brush your teeth. You exercise. You put on your pajamas. It's the greatest thing in the world for him is just to read that book. So we've been reading a lot of books to my son. We had some pizza last night. But the way you get pizza has changed in America. You no longer go to the store and order it and watch the pizzeria man make it behind the glass. Mm. Nor do you even order it through the conventional methods. What you do is you go onto the internet. You place your order that way. And then the pizza man comes and sets the pizza outside your house and then he leaves. And then after he leaves, you go outside and you get it. So he just puts it in front of your door and he, he's out. <laughs> Yeah, but what we did was we put a box out there with the with the label on it that said "Put the pizza here." <laughs> okay. And, yeah, and the, no joke. Like that's exactly how you get pizza now. You can't. Um, they're asking everyone in California to maintain about six feet of distance. Mm -hmm. So the only people I've touched in the past week have just been my son and my wife. Um, you can't really touch anyone anymore. Mm -mm. No, it's not smart. How about the Netherlands? You have, are, are you guys under similar restrictions? Well, it's a funny story. Um, the, the funny thing is that I personally think that Holland is doing what they're supposed to do. They're listening to the World, World Health Organization. They're listening to doctors. They're listening to virologists. <laughs> There you go. Oh, there it is. Okay, great. Um, and these people are smart, right? They're wise beyond imagine. They've studied for decades. They, I, I, I think, I think, I think these guys are smart enough to tell us what to do, right? Mm. And I think also the way they implemented 
the quarantine and the rulings and the lockdowns, the way to implement that is gradually. And I think that's very smart as well, because if you go in a full lockdown, like for example, I read they did a lockdown in Singapore and they removed the lockdown and now Corona is back. And now you got to do another lockdown, which will have less understanding and empathy from the civilians, obviously, right? We did it before. Why you want us to do it again, right? Um, so I, I, I understand the road they're taking, but I also think that maybe they're taking things too slow and maybe they should have taken action before because we're on schedule to, uh, we're basically lined up with Italy uh, with in, uh, infections and, and deaths. Um, we're, uh, I think, around uh, 140 deaths um, and 4,000 infections, which is pretty much lined <coughs> up with Italy, which yeah, is really right bad. Now, yeah. You're at uh, 179 with mm -hmm. total cases 4,204, 573 yeah. new cases here yes. recently. Um, total uh, cases per 1 million in your population is 245. Yeah, it's a lot for Italy, a small country. Italy has gone completely um, off the chart when it comes to their yeah. cases. Total cases per 1 million is 978. That's higher than China. That's higher than Spain. Yep. Um, United States is right at 117. Higher than Switzerland. Yep. Um, the only countries that that are outdoing them are Luxembourg. Luxembourg is very small. Iceland. Mm. Um, but something. Oh, look at uh, San Marino is at five thousand one hundred and fifty-eight per one million. That's yep. incredibly high. Yeah. Old people, so man. Yeah. So something unusual is going on in Italy. There mm. was something. There, there's an anomaly in Italy. It, yeah. It's either their response or it's the the age groups there. But something strange happened there. Yeah, it's a lot you know, of things. It's a lot of things. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a combination of a lot of things, which we're uh, pretty much lined up with Italy uh, in growth. We're just one month later uh, when it started with us. But uh, the growth is identical. Somebody put up a, a sheet. And if you put it next to each other, I can I can pull it up and, and show you. Okay. Um, um, I think I got it here. Uh, if somebody in chat can pull out that sheet, there was a, that that sheet went viral in Holland. Um, if uh, Rushu or Silverstone maybe can pull it up, maybe Hank. Uh, What's happening, I think, in Italy is, at least that's what my, my fiance is telling me, she's really deep. She's uh, working in the Corona Crisis Center every single day now, uh, long hours. And, uh, she got a little bit sick today, so I'm, I'm hoping she, did, she didn't caught anything crazy. Um, but what, what they're discussing there is that Italy, uh, one, is uh, by average a very old population. People get very old in a Mediterranean, Mediterranean area that... Um, the combination of diet, living slowly, uh, good weather, a lot of people going out there to retire and, and grow old and die, basically. So the population is fairly old. Also, people romanticize Italy. It is they a do. very poor and a very disgusting, dirty, mafia-run country with a lot of gypsies and a lot of... The, yeah, Milan is a disgusting city full of criminals, pickpockets, 
pimping, drug dealing. Milan is disgusting. Rome at night, they will get you. Like, they will really get you. Italy is a disgusting but yeah, we, country. But yeah, we still have this romanticized idea yeah. about falling in love in Italy and looking into a woman's eyes. Yeah. Going through um, the city of lights and yep. um, the Vatican. Yep. Is that? Do you think that that's slowing down the 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 temperature at all? The the presence of the Vatican and, and the seat of Catholicism. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It could be. Well, it could so. be. That, yeah. That down, but... Yeah. It could be. Well, yeah. The thing is that. It, because when they joined Europe, they were in very bad shape and they haven't got their shit in order. Uh, not yet. It's going to take a long time because they were in very bad shape. Corruption went up to the highest levels in Italy. Uh, mafia was running everything there. Uh, and now, ever since mafia got weaker, uh, you see a very big decline in Italy, right? The streets are no longer safe. Uh, small gangs and small criminals are taking over the streets, gambling, prostitution, and uh, pickpocketing. All those things are resurfacing because of uh, lack of mob activities, basically. Uh, so it looks like the mob was was sort of like a de facto police force. Yeah, the, well, I've, yeah, I think they were kind of like that in America as well, weren't they? When the mob left, gangs came up, right? And it became chaos and people killing each other on the streets and... Uh, mob, the mob still has a presence here in the states, hmm. but we sort of have this. Um, we have a we have a culture here in America of mob life and mob mentality, hmm. where the mafiosos are sort of glorified mm -hmm. as being these anti heroes. <clears throat> you have movies like The Godfather, that is sort of responsible for giving people that again that romanticized, exactly. misunderstood hero. You also have television series like the sopranos which despite the fact that it was on television 20 years ago it's it's re-emerging as a popular series you have goodfellas you got um um practically um martin scorsese and robert de niro they pumped out mafia movie after mafia movie in the 90s but i wonder how that how people feel about those movies and in Italy, what the mm. reputation is of the mafia mm. there versus here in the states. I think I, I'm I'm wondering as well. I, my fiance been to Italy a lot, and uh, uh, yeah, she 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 liked it, but also she said this is just it's a mess. It's disgusting. It's a, and it's also very poor. People underestimate that as well. It's a very poor country. Um, a couple of cities are okay, but it's it's pretty bad. The, the, the circumstances are pretty bad in Italy. Healthcare is very bad, very low quality. So I think combination of age, um, social problems, um, people living really on top of each other, right? Uh, and also, you know, the, the situation with the healthcare and the social services being very poor. I think that's really the main thing. Now in Holland, uh, the reason why we're going so fast is because we're very uh, it's a crowded country we got 18 million people in a very small piece of land yeah uh, that is a lot of people yeah and our country is tiny 
is tiny. I don't know if you've ever seen it on a map. It is tiny. Like, you can't imagine how small it is. Um, I'm going to pull up a picture of it now. Well, yeah, I can, I can pull it up on the stream. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Um, right here. So, here's Holland. I live in between Amsterdam and, and in the middle in Utrecht. Um, and if you zoom out, you already see how tiny it is compared to other not so big countries. Spain, right? Croatia, Austria, uh, Prague, Denmark. These countries are also not that big. And if yeah. you zoom out more, okay. See, it's basically just sort of disappears there on the it's, map. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. And you could maybe compare it with, well, I don't even think there's a, I think every state in America is bigger than Holland. <laughs> Perhaps like Rhode Island. Rhode Island is the smallest state, but it Rhode might, Island yeah. is probably smaller. I'm pretty sure it's smaller. Yeah, than yeah, than probably. Yeah. But I, I think it might be like Car maybe South Carolina. No, South Carolina. Yeah, maybe South Carolina. That could you got be. some states up north like Vermont and Connecticut, which are probably um, similar in shape yeah. or in size. Yeah. And and so here in here, there's 18 million people. And the thing is that in Holland, basically all the people are in this circle. So we've got 1 million people in Amsterdam. we got like um, here in, in, in Arnhem and Nijmegen combined, there's like 400,000 people, 350,000 people. Uh, I think there's like three or 400,000 in, in, in Utrecht. Uh, so everybody basically lives here, which was around the docks, right, in Holland. Uh -huh. And this is not so very crowded, this part. So you have this area, which I think holds like I think six, seven million people in this area. Uh, yeah, it will spread fast, right? It started here in Holland and it moved up and it goes really fast. It goes yeah, very, the very numbers, fast. The numbers are really incredible. I've also been looking at Iran. Iran's numbers Ooh. are pretty outrageous as well. Yes. What's interesting though, I haven't heard anyone talk about the effects that the sanctions are having on Iran's ability to respond effectively, which mm. I don't think is very fair. Um, we sort of underestimate the effects that sanctions can have. Really, in many Americans' minds, I don't really know if they if they are aware of the impact of sanctions, seeing as how imposing sanctions is a passive-aggressive way of declaring war. But it is an act of war. It is. Sanctions are. And it just is. as devastating in many cases. Yep. Well, uh... Iran is interesting right now because I reached out to Iran because I would I would love to help them in a way, uh, in any way I can. And I have a why is the mic so low? Oh, mic is uh, low. Let me my uh, volume. I boosted up. Uh, I boosted up beast at this side. Maybe that helped. And if not, let me know. Let me turn my mic up a little bit. How's that? Oh yeah, let me turn you down here. I think that's way better <laughs> for me. All right. Yeah, better. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to help Iran. Um, I thought this would be, oh, 
mic keeps falling, this is a mic problem day. Uh, I want to help him out uh, in any way I can. Uh, so I reached out to uh, some, some family in Iran um, and I told them I have a friend in China who makes uh, Corona tests, uh, has a factory who builds Corona tests and he has a factory who makes uh, surgical masks and also the, the N94 masks, uh, the good ones with the, the, the iron here so you can wrap it around your nose. Mm -hmm. um, and I reached out to them, I'm like, hey, I could get, get these to Iran because I know there's you know, a lack of good proper equipment and I would love to help you out. And everybody said, don't send it. There's a lot of people, charity organizations sending stuff, but it's all going to the elite. And it's all going mm -hmm. to their efforts to make sure their terrorist organizations all around the world are safe and being taken care of. Um, because those are their assets, the terrorists, the satellite governments, basically, they have all over the world. Those are their assets. So they're trying to keep Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and uh, trying to keep Palestine safe. And they're sending really? all their That's... doctors and resources over there. Because they they don't really That's care wild, about man. the people. Yeah. Because the people are not that valuable to Iran. Their value is in having a worldwide political network of friends and uh, terroristic cells, basically. Uh, and if those fall over and die or get sick or get ravaged by Corona, uh, they're in much, much bigger trouble than their own people. Their own people will be fine, right? Someday, regardless. Uh, but the terrorists are much more vulnerable. So they're putting all the efforts there. So I told them if I send something there, what will happen? They'll probably just send it to Palestine or Syria or Yemen. Or... So let me ask you, <clears throat> how often would you say the Iranian government pulls the trigger on terrorism? They never knew. They just finance it. They finance it? Yeah. They I finance see. it because they need friends. They need... Uh, influence basically they need uh, leverage on other countries and on their own they don't have leverage so uh, that's the way they keep and maintain their power right is by fear so when we hear about terrorist attacks in the news and various places how often do you think it's because or due to the influence of the iranian government well they're opposed to, and I always get these two mixed up, but I think they're Shi'i and they're opposed to Sunni Muslims. I think. I always get these two mixed up. You have two waves in Islam, right? You have the Sunni and the Shi'i, which is a minor details which they disagree, but um, regardless, they, they don't agree with those movements. And because I always mix them up, I don't know which organizations support which movement, but... Um, they don't really agree with those. I think they disagree with ISIS. They don't really like ISIS. ISIS isn't their, isn't their buddy. No, because they're also very ruthless and wild and they get way too much attention. And they, Iranians, really love politics and they love power and they love it when it's uh, done smoothly, right? Just like in Iran, the way they're running the country is fairly smooth. Right? You don't really hear a lot of um, executions or people being killed or shot or put against the wall or North Korea, like, you know they're killing people. But hmm. do people really know Iranian government is killing civilians? No, not really. Not really. Right? 
sort of a quiet. But it is happening because they love that be under the radar and do it smooth and quietly and, and put out that image of love and kindness and peace, right? We're a peaceful, beautiful, loving country. We'll smile, give, we'll feed you, we'll hug you, give you a handshake. And that's really what they're trying to put out in all the... I just saw but some that's... food vlogs of yeah. Iran. And it's funny because I, I can I can I can pull up this guy. All right, let's see it. Yeah, you should really see this. My 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 father-in-law and me watched it, and and we spoke about this. Uh, this is a food vlog in Iran. This guy, two guys now, Mark Weens and a food ranger. They went to Iran, and they traveled all through Iran eating Iranian food. Uh, so they ate some food and they had a good time. Showed them some beautiful places in Iran. Uh, Iran is incredible places. I'm not going to hate on them uh, at all at one minute. They, they have beautiful, beautiful heritage. Uh, this is Ashreshteh, for example. Uh, a stew. Ashreshteh. 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 Yeah, and it's got mint oil with uh, noodles and, uh, and beans and uh, sort of a yogurt, fermented yogurt. Uh, beautiful, beautiful dish. Uh, what was that saucy port over it? Like that looked like a cream sauce? Was that yeah, that's a fermented yogurt, yeah, with some uh, mint oil. Uh, so this is a guy who walks with him to everywhere, and he's trying to stay in the background. And you see him once in a while. It's funny because I think I, think I might catch him in this episode. Fireman. Uh, he's eating dinner and he's going with them to everywhere. The there's a guy following them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let me see if I can find a full view. Boom! This motherfucker is a spy, Iranian fucking spy. This guy here in the red. This is an Iranian fucking spy in service of Khomeini. He's traveling with them everywhere and he's making sure these guys are not putting any crazy shit on tape, not talking shit about the food, not anything. This guy is a known Iranian government employee. Uh, do do he, they know that? Yeah, no, the, I don't think the YouTubers know. No, he's, he's he's no, no. I mean, I mean, the guys who are who are touring the country. Do were they assigned him when they came in? Like this guy is no, going to no, be with him, you. They put him. They, they presented him as uh, the, the guy who does tourism. So basically, he's the tourism guy. He's going to be your guide. He's no guide. He doesn't know shit. The fat guy here, this is the food blogger. He's uh, Mr. Tasty. He's the fat guy who eats all the food. He is giving the guide. This guy is the Iranian spy. Everybody knows that in Iran. He works for the government. But they just put him in front and said, hey, this is the tourism guy. He's going to he's gonna tell you about the country and show you around. So he's like a, so like a well-known. Yeah government employee yeah and i yeah he they does not there is not even there, there isn't even a sorry there isn't even a, like a, a, a tourism department they don't get care about that like no but there's not enough tourism in iran to even make it profitable they, they don't they don't care at all about that stuff like that's not that is not a priority in iran not at all so and even if to there maintain, is to maintain an image just to give that yeah. the happy image exactly and even if the even if there is tourism, right? There is uh, all the profitable markets are that you can't do. There is no prostitution. There is no drugs. There is no alcohol. There is no going out. There is no luxury, right? So these things are 
already off the table. So you're not going to make money of those things. You're only going to eat the restaurant food and just do some tours. And that's about it. Mm. Right. And being limited there as well, because you can't go everywhere and you got to be dressed up a certain way. And so it's not really a, a country. A lot of people would think about first, Hey, I'm going to travel and this holiday, I'm going to Iran. Right. Mm. And I'm pretty sure America has, has some travel restrictions to, to that part of the world anyway, that would just sort of make, even if they didn't, hmm. it's just the general idea of traveling to that region. A lot of people still consider it to be the Middle East, even though, as we mentioned last time, it's, it's actually a part of Asia. Asia, yeah. We just sort of lump it together in, in that same category of countries, Iraq, Afghanistan. Hmm. Um, Iran isn't really a very, doesn't have a very good image here in the States. Not at all. And you know, we gotta be honest about that. They don't really deserve that image either, right? They really haven't good done image? anything. Yeah, they really haven't done anything to deserve a good image either, right? Uh, they haven't really added anything to civilization or, oh damn it. Hank got me, man, Hank got me. Hank got me with the obnoxious. <laughs> Obnoxious alert. Let me turn it off. I always forget that in the, in the beginning. And <laughs> got me, man. You got me, bro. Thank you for the host. It takes me all the way back to 1997. Yeah. Old school, man. We both watched those movies, right? Yeah. Old school, man. <clears throat> you remember um, you remember when Scream first came out and everyone was wearing those Scream masks? Oh, my God. Yes. We had a, we had a wave of people wearing Scream masks until uh i think it became illegal like the killer clown like clown suits became illegal uh -huh. uh, a lot of people were wearing... <laughs> illegal yeah because people we had a killer clown face here in holland people were coming with the thank you so much man the preacher man <laughs> the gifts up thank you bro uh people were running down the street with knives and axes pretending they want to they're gonna kill people as a clown as a killer clown and i had one in front of my house who was running after people with an axe and was it a real axe or just a fake one? Uh, no, it was a real axe, just trolling because they saw it. Uh, oh, so they was, thought it was funny. Yeah, I think they saw it or maybe something before that happened where killer clowns got hyped and people were doing the killer clown thing. I thought that, I think that those uh, those screen masks were a phase as well here in Holland. People would wear them. It was a viral thing. Yeah, Tyrant. And people would wear the, the, the screen masks and go on the street with a knife and just mess with people. So they made it illegal. I could understand maybe doing that <clears throat> as a joke with the fake axe and knife. Mm -hmm. That's even that is in poor taste, but it makes you wonder what were they thinking doing it with the real weapon? Yeah. And some some killer clown got beat up. He almost died. <laughs> in America, you might get shot. Yeah, you will. You will. Yeah. The thing about the restrictions, talking about coronavirus, the restrictions in America is that it's very difficult to tell Americans what to do. But I have to say, I'm, I'm impressed with the reaction from Americans mm. thus far, because by and large, there haven't been any significant events of violence, no reports anyway of rioting or uh, people picketing. It seems for the most part that people are falling in line. So it, it sort of challenges that narrative that you mm. hear so much about concerning America being a divided country because this is a pretty unprecedented time, but Americans seem to be getting along just fine as far as the official reports go. Now, since no one is really out there 
all non-essential businesses have been forced to close. We don't really know what's going out there. But last night I did hear some police sirens and some helicopters and some airplanes overhead. So there is some activity because the police are being asked to enforce um, <clears throat> the non-essential business closure. Hmm. So I'm pretty sure they have their hands full with people perhaps wanting to loot and steal. It's a lot of um, work. Yeah. People are going to loot. Yeah, a lot of work for them. That's a real, that's American thing, right? Why do you think Americans love to loot so much? Looting? Yeah, that's really an American thing. Holland never really had looting problems here. You can shut down stores and people won't, like, probably maybe some stupid kids would steal your shit, but nobody really would actually loot, like, really take TVs and, like, steal some laptops and phones and go hard, right? When you look, people lose themselves in crowds. When you're in a crowd, what happens is you go through what's called de-individualization, de de-individuation, which means that you lose your individuality and it all becomes about the service to the group. So if the group is upset and the group is mad, those normal checks and balances that would keep you from participating in that mm. accountability, someone's going to see me, you lose that. It's similar to wearing a mask, you know, you're, you lose that inhibition or going onto the internet onto into a Twitch stream behind a username. You know, no one can really see who I am. No one really knows who I am. So, or if uh, a, a good example of that would be if you go into one of those, because it doesn't happen on the smaller streams because you can identify the people, call them out by name and yeah, shut them down. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, on the yeah. bigger streams where you have like tens of thousands of people in there, you'll people notice that crazy. it's just like a... Yeah. Yes, yeah, and it's just like a scrolling wall of text. And people feel very liberated because it's like, well, if I post something, there's practically zero opportunity for me to be identified. Hmm. And so they 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 eat it up and they just they go crazy. And before you know it, it's just like a moving wall of text that's indecipherable. You can't read it. Um, and all sorts of yeah, nonsense is said there. But and in America, there's a lot of opportunity for that because we live in pretty big cities. But I would imagine in smaller places where it's a lot easier for people to recognize you, perhaps people don't fall victim to the, the force of groups and de-individuation like they would in maybe a major city. It happens in major cities in America, but your smaller towns, not a chance. Um, someone would recognize you from your neighborhood. They say, hey, you, don't you live next door from me? Like, I know you. Put that TV down. But in a big city like Los Angeles and New York, not a chance. No one's going to recognize you. Hmm. That's that's interesting. That makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, when um, now, for example, in Iran, the corona hitting really hard, a lot of people dying, locking people up in their houses, quarantining and stuff. Uh, the elite is doing just fine, by the way. Um, our family's doing great uh, partying and, and, and not openly, not gathering, but, you know, they're eating good, having a good time, sitting at home. Uh, a lot of other people have a lot of problems because they don't have access to resources that regular people do right now. Uh, medication, uh, fresh food. Is Are you expecting these things to happen in America as well, the way it's going? Or are you comfortable with the state of emergency and Trump making some moves and it's... Do you think you're making um, the right I think, move? I think a lot of people were impressed and surprised with Donald Trump's idea of, 
a cash infusion into people's bank accounts. That's what they're working on now in the government. They're working on mm. a bailout package for Americans where they're thinking about sending every American at least twelve hundred dollars. Okay. They've also put things in the place where you can't be evicted. Okay, you can't have your utility shut off. Mm. And a lot of the American internet companies are providing free internet service for students um, who now have to work and do their coursework from home. Mm. So that's generally what happens when there's a tragedy is people come together and they do the right thing. Companies want to do the right thing because when this is all said and done, they want to be able to say, look, we did, we did the right thing. Mm. Um, please frequent our business. But there are some companies that are failing this test monumentally, just absolutely failing. And it's really revealing how they truly feel about yep. their business and their employees. Have you heard about GameStop? Yeah. They told their workers to disobey um, the, the legal order for non-essential businesses to close, mm -hmm. directly putting their employees not only in harm of getting the virus, but in harm of getting arrested. Yep. They really Outrageous. Don't care. Yeah, they, really yeah, they don't just care. completely don't care. And Incredible. I'm thinking about all the times I bought video games. It sort of just makes me sick to my stomach knowing that my money went to people who have zero care. How can you be that callous? Mm. Um, I get that they're in bankruptcy, but I yeah, mean, they're doing really bad. Yeah, they're doing bad, yeah. real bad. But that was just on a whole new level of callousness. Yeah. And then you had um, companies like Charter Communications. I believe they're the second largest internet service provider in America. They were slow to give their employees an opportunity to work from home. They mm. said that and I can, in a, in a way, I can sort of see where they were coming from on this. Um, the CEO sent them an email saying that the best way for them to serve their clients is for their employees to come into work. Because, I mean, they are performing an essential function, making sure people's internet connection stays up. And so I think they were concerned about the effectiveness of transitioning people to home especially since they've never done that before. Mm. I don't know. I don't think there are a large amount of charter employees who are working at home prior to this. So when it comes to things like accountability, when it comes to things like protecting consumer information, I'm sure those concerns came up and it's like, well, do we want to take that risk and roll those dice? And I think the answer was no. Mm. And so they made the decision to, to push against that. But now they're, they're coming around and they're realizing not only is that the right thing to do, but if we want to protect our share price and we want to maintain our position as number two, we should probably start listening and putting that into action. And mm. I think coming out of this, we're likely going to have to quarantine again in a couple of months. Um, once we come out of this, whenever that is, um, I've heard people say eight weeks, we're probably going to have to go back into quarantine yes. in a, within a couple of months. This is not over. Because we're we at minimum we are twelve months of a vaccine. That's yeah. the earliest we can have one because you can't really rush the human trials aspect of it. So we are at least twelve months out. So that means that for the next twelve months, we really have to be careful to make sure this doesn't come back. Because if we go through this whole quarantine and then we go back out there and it comes back again, mm. It's really going to be messy. So we're probably going to have to do this several times. This is the first wave, but there's likely going to be another, at least one other wave and maybe even a third wave. How was um, it dealing with this as a father? 
You have a Father. kid now, right? You 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 much rather take like the worst the worst mutation of corona yourself than your kid, right? That that I could imagine, but at the same time, that fear must just drive you crazy sometimes, right? Knowing that you want to protect them so bad, but there's this invisible hidden enemy in the air that you can't control. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned the word fear. I don't really fear much fear. I don't feel much fear right now about coronavirus. The things that were a concern of mine um, prior to this happening, we were in the middle of transitioning to Los Angeles when this happened. Yeah, I lined up um, a few clients in Los Angeles and then bam, this happens and all that stops. So what that really was to me was it was a relief to me. It meant that I had a little bit more time to plan um, plan that move. But in terms of affecting me as a father, it's really made being father easier now because I have a lot more time to be with my son hmm. during the day. And he definitely loves that. Um, last night we heard our next door neighbors enjoying their time together. And I'm sure that was great for them. We don't really hear them um, that often enjoying themselves. But I think what's going to come out of this are stronger family relationships because families are now forced to spend time together. You have, you used, you know, maybe um, if you come from my tradition, you have that workaholic father who, mm. who spends time away. And then after a while, it becomes sort of his safe haven away from his responsibilities, just being out at work. Now he has to come home whether he wants to or not, he now has to be home with his family. And this can be a good thing or a bad thing. He could take to that um, as a way to reevaluate his distance to his family in a positive way and come out a better father. Or he could take it as, I really can't take this. Um, this is the straw that breaks the back of this family. Mm. I'm out of here. Yep. But for us, um, it's been um, the former. Uh, I think we're going to come out of this a lot stronger, but we've always liked spending time together, my wife and my son and I. What about you? Um, well, it's really uh, uh, a lot of managing stress and anxiety for my fiance right now. She's under a lot of pressure, dealing with a lot of sick people around her. Um, a couple, couple days ago, they, uh, they built cabins, uh, like these... Uh, iron big iron cages almost like these square buildings they just manufactured real quick to put all the corona patients in while they're being uh, um, researched and, and, and uh, diagnosed whether they have or have don't have corona uh, she's one of the people who's gonna pull in the patient sit them down do a couple of tests uh, yeah, so the really direct contact and seeing sick people all the time and uh, probably we'll see a lot of death as well. Um, so it's a, it's a stressful time and I'm trying to be as best of a support as I can be. Uh, taking care uh, of the house and the cat, cooking, cleaning, making sure everything is set so when she comes home, she just can focus on relaxing, uh, you know, emptying her, her mind so she can go back at it again. I can work from home. It's a blessing. Uh, I do all my clients and all, uh, I do it all with Zoom. It's a mm -hmm. video uh, conference uh, software where you could just talk with people. And that's what I do eight, nine hours a day. Uh, and then I focus on this 
right here while my fiance is sleeping i do some website stuff and some twitch and some twitter and all that stuff so it's very much managing her circumstances right now which is fine because i'm very proud of her she's on the front line mm. uh, feel like a, a military wife uh, you're you know, a military uh, yeah. fiance. A military, yeah. It feels like my, yeah. It feels like my my wife is fighting a war out there. She really is, right? Um, invisible enemy. People are not listening. Nobody's cooperating. Everybody's just not keeping their distance as they're supposed to. And the government is not taking the steps that she's totally agreeing with. So, uh, at the same time, she's the first person who will first-handedly experience the mistakes of governments, basically. Mm. Because... I think more good is going to come out of this than bad, mm. honestly. I feel so as well, yeah. I think we're, all, we're already seeing it. Um, America is seriously considering this idea of universal, universal income, giving people a monthly stipend. Um, you have people who formerly were not able to work from home, now able to work from home and likely that's going to continue into the future you know this is sort of a trial run for a lot of businesses and companies yes. to test this idea of working at home and it's going to work for them because they're going to have to make it work <clears throat> and also think about the effect it's having on the international community sort of bringing the world closer together mm. compelling the world to care about each other we used to talk about how in order to unite the human race we're going to need an alien invasion Maybe this is our opportunity. Maybe this, this is invasion. Yeah. yeah. Who knows where that thing came from? Yeah, who knows? Uh, it probably came from a bat in uh, China in a dark cave. Probably. Um, China has a different culture when it comes to eating and um, food and what they consider to be some Chinese. China is a huge country. So when I say China, I'm not talking about all I've I've heard someone say that the real the true population of China is almost five billion. It's not one point four billion, which is the official number, but it's actually much higher than that. Mm. Because the one child rule didn't apply to the whole population, it only applied to some of them. Mm. And I, I heard someone tell me that the census records from China in nineteen eighty nine actually put their population at four point eight six billion. Jesus. That's what I heard. So <clears throat> I believe that. It's, it's difficult to fact check numbers when it comes to China because China isn't really forthcoming when it comes to numbers. Mm -hmm. They haven't even they haven't even revealed how many people died at Tiananmen Square. Mm -hmm. And that was what over 25 years ago. Um, so I'm always suspicious of numbers coming out of China. Um, I was actually we were in the process. We, we were seriously considering living in China. We had a we had a friend. We have a friend who owns a pearl shop in Kentucky, where we're from, and she's from China. Mm. And I remember we, we went to her and we asked her, well, we told her about our plans to move to China. And immediately she said, don't do it. Mm -hmm. She was like, don't do it. Don't go to China. It was non-negotiable for her. She was just like, don't do it. No. And then I, I spoke to some colleagues of mine who were already living and working in China. And... 
they're happy with it. But then again, I have to remember that once you're in a situation that you can't get out of, mm -hmm. you're more likely to say, oh, it's great. I'm, I'm doing fine. Oh, yeah, we can't drink any water here. We have to bring our own water every day. But yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Uh, we can't breathe outside. But yeah, we're doing just fine. And that's exactly what they've been telling me. Mm. Like they have a big water. She's a teacher and she has a big water machine in her classroom. It's a big water filtration machine, and that's the only machine she can drink water out of. She can't drink it anywhere else except out of that big, humongous machine. Mm. And I, I, I'd like to—I'd still would like to visit China, but I, I was going to go anyway. Even after talking to her, we were still going to go. I was ta talking my wife into it, but now I'm—I'm I'm just thinking like, had we had we chose China and not California, how different our lives would mm. be now. Yeah, I my friend is from really uh, the bullet. Taipei and, and Macau, he plays poker there, he's a professional poker player, and he came back mm -hmm. because of the virus, he doesn't feel safe. So he's back now for a couple of weeks, uh, he'll probably go back when it's safe, but he told me the same. I mean, he does, he does say that Hong Kong, um, Taipei, Macau, Taiwan, there's some beautiful places to live, and they, they're pretty... They're pretty liberal. You can do whatever you want, and, and you could live a pretty comfortable life, uh, and you won't be, uh, you know, monitored as hard as you will be in China. But um, you never know how long these states or countries are gonna be uh, independent, right? You never know when China decides, yeah, we'll we'll take that. That they're they're gonna take that if they want to. Oh right? yeah, Nobody's China has stop. already said that they're gonna take Taiwan by force. Yeah. They will. They will. They, <laughs> they don't really mince words about that. But it's it's yeah. I think you're totally right. How it gives us a new sense of consciousness. I think it's incredible to see how beautiful our countries are run in comparison to China, even in a place like Holland, where the government should have they should have done things. Yeah, like Hank said a month earlier. But at the same time, I know they're not flat out lying about every single thing. I know they're not going to kill me when I tell people we have coronavirus in Holland. I know they're putting in the numbers on the website for everyone to see instead of doubting everything you see in China, right? I'd lose my mind in China. You never know what's right or what's wrong or what's fake or what's real. and if you've discovered something real and you you might get killed for it yeah even or disappear a, yeah you will it's not a joke even with a idiot president that you guys have right now i man i take that i take trump for the rest of my life over china trump um <clears throat> trump is a lot of things um but I think that he's probably one of the most intelligent presidents we've had. He's, Especially, yeah, he's a certainly, smart guy. He's, certainly he's making my, some good certainly moves. Certainly in my lifetime. Yeah. yeah, he's making some good moves. And um, he's hilarious. This oh guy God, is, so is, is like a one-man like one um, show. He is. And he's going to be president for the next four years because... 100%. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because the, the, the competition can't really put anyone against them. Joe Biden, who likely is going to win the nomination, has been gone for a week. He hasn't even appeared. He's going to get slapped up, man. He's going to get he's gonna slapped have... up. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's going to have a really difficult time now. Yeah. 
explaining to Americans where he was during mm. the corona. Like, where were you? This was your chance to come see. Like, where were you, Biden? It's not maybe he has crazy. coronavirus. Maybe, maybe he's old and white. <clears throat> it seems like it seems like this virus is like an old white guy killer. Like it cleans up old white men, Italians, Dutch people, right? It's clean Germans. It cleans them up, man. Cleans them up. Quick. It could be because there's a lot to vote. also it's men, right? Like, more, more men die. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I, I had noticed. I had noticed that. Yeah, more men because uh, I think the immune system of a, of a man is slightly weaker. I think something like that. So more men die than than women. So or it might be it might be cultural. Like if a man gets sick, he's gonna oh I'm good I'm I'm good. He's not be, gonna go yeah. get checked out. Yeah. But women, they're gonna go get checked out. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, I coughed. I'm, we're going today. Today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then we're like, I can take it. I lost. Uh, three liters of blood. I'm good. I'll just walk it off. I'll sleep it off. Take a Tylenol. You know what I did love, though? The, the, the first moment when I saw Trump do something or say something, which I had the utmost respect for, was when he had that back and forth with the reporter, and the reporter said, blah, 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 and the Chinese Americans, and they're getting beat up, and the racism. Why are you t saying it's a Chinese virus? Because it came from China. <laughs> yeah. China. And did you know? <laughs> that was incredible. That was yeah. incredible. And it's true. It's, it may, you got to hold yeah. these bat-eating mother... I mean, with all due respect, you got to hold them accountable. First off, they eat garbage. And second, when they eat garbage and they make their own people sick by not ever putting in out the proper information to the people because they could, right? We here in Holland tell people every single year, eat healthy, eat properly, have a regular normal diet, etc. These The government is not telling these people anything about food. These guys are eating garbage in a communistic system where there's no food in the stores. And it's disgusting. There's a lot of places in China that's disgusting. They live very poorly. And the president yeah, doesn't uh, give a fuck. Right? Some of them. Yeah, they live very, very bad lives. Mainland China has a lot of very bad, bad poverty-ridden environments, like poverty, like deep. My friend goes there a lot, and he went to a couple of places, northern China. People are skeletons on the street. They're skeletons. Their bodies on the streets just died of hunger, and nobody picks them up. People are too afraid to even come close to them and even confirm the fact that somebody died of hunger because the government is perfect. There is no flaws in our system. Nobody is hungry in China, right? You can't even say I'm hungry because they'll say, how? How are you hungry? This country is perfect. Let's talk about it. Mm. Go, to the <clears throat> other, go to the next room. We'll talk about it, right? That's how bad it is. And the government covering that shit up and lying to the World Health Organization and lying to this day. Sure, some Chinese people might get beat up by some rednecks, but you got to call this a Chinese virus. I don't see any way around this. This has to be can, noted in history for the rest of our time. Chinese. There's virus. another reason why he said that too. I probably would have chosen my words a little differently because when you attach ethnicity to it, you're going to, I mean, there are Chinese, there are Americans who are mm -hmm. from China who might be like, well, wait a second. Yeah. That's like saying a European virus or um, an African virus. Well, they got know, that, right? The West Nile 
virus. You had the Mexican flu. You had the Spanish mm. flu. Spanish influenza. Yeah. So they, they. So maybe he wasn't really breaking precedent here. Maybe this is just. Uh, maybe we just live in more sensitive times and people are just paying more attention yeah. to things like yeah, that now. Yeah, I think now. that's it. But when you think about the cuisine that's developed in China, um, one thing that China has always had difficulty doing is, well, irrigating. Mm. Irrigating China is is a huge challenge because it's such a big country. And so what that means is that for most of its history, China has always had a very fragile su supply network of food and resources getting around the country. So what you see in China, <clears throat> Chinese history, is famine after famine after famine after famine of people starving to death all over the country and Constantly, in their yeah. yeah and in their desperation what the chinese have learned to do is adapt you know how to eat things that maybe we wouldn't consider to be food but in those difficult tough times during famine you might have to eat a cow's vagina yep you know you might you might have to eat a bat out of a cave and what's happened i, I saw Brother, I saw a documentary of this guy um, who went to China. He was completely taking the piss. Um, I think he had some yellow fever or something was going on because mm. there's no way he could himself this much. He was going around China eating all this food. And he was like, oh, great. Mm, this is so delicious. This guy was like, this is uh, this here is the, the cow penis and cow testicle um, with, the, with the beef stew. Eat. And he was like, mm -mm, it's so good. I could eat this every day and i'm like there's no way this dude is serious about mm. that and they gave him a 100 year old egg it's not really 100 years old but it's it's a method of preserving the egg and mm. when you preserve it this way it, it turns black and the yolk turns green and the guy was like 100 year old egg for you eat it's very good and he cuts this egg open and he gives half of it to the journalist that's with him she's chinese and they go to eat it at the same time. And you can see the shame on her face mm -hmm. because she didn't want to eat that because I don't think a lot of Chinese people are necessarily proud of the fact that they've had to resort to certain levels of survival throughout the ages. There was another guy so. who had like a, like a big bag of cockroach chips. Mm. And I'm like, number one, before someone, before I ate a cockroach that someone offered me, I'd have to ask them, how did you catch this cockroach? This dude had a bag, like bags of yeah. packaged dehydrated cockroaches. Mm. And I'm thinking, where did, how did you, how do you catch that many cockroaches? Um, like, did you just like turn a dumpster upside down and yeah. just pour them? Uh, I, I think like they a, got like farms. I don't know. I know cockroaches make a lot of babies quick, a lot, but uh, yeah. probably have a farm or something. I don't know. I don't want to know. I hate and cockroaches. This, and this dude was just knocking them back like potato chips. Yeah. And and you could see the shame on their face. I don't think he really the mm. fact that they weren't really proud of the fact that they had to eat things like that. Mm. Um, but you know, but yeah, I, my, my um, I knew a guy back in the day who worked for Samsung, and he uh, had to go on trips and he had to do business with Chinese people because Samsung is one of the companies who let products be developed by local companies. And they put the mm. Samsung label on it and they sell it. So one company was in northern China and they have a tradition there. He didn't know. 
but he had to always go to dinner with the CEOs of these local companies because it's mm -hmm. respectful. If you want to do business with them, you got to shake their hand and meet their daughter and talk with their wife and then, you know, eat their food. So I found a picture of it because I don't think this is TOS. I think the real picture would be TOS. This, uh, there's a tradition in a very high-class restaurant in northern China where they have uh, a table. And in that table, there's a hole. And out of that hole sticking out is a monkey's head. And the monkey's head is sedated. And you <coughs> carve out his skull, leaving open the brain. And you basically first uh, hit the monkey on the brain for a very long time. The chef does this. Hit it for a very long time with a wooden stick or spoon. or You just keep hitting it, keep hitting it. Until he gets uh, blood uh, rushing through his brains and it starts bleeding and starts... Right, it starts really uh, uh, being smothered in its own blood. It's getting a hemorrhage, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, now you keep hitting it, keep hitting it. Eventually, you can open it up, stir it up, and it becomes a sort of a soup. And oh, you eat the monkey boy. brain soup. I have a picture right here. This is a, a puppet or a work of art, but this is really a thing. You can see the picture, see a censor, so I won't get banned from Twitch. Uh, this is monkey brain soup. It's basically its own brain in its own blood and juices. And you have to eat it if you want to do business with the Chinese people. So he did. I respect it. You got to do what you got to do. I wouldn't do it, but he did. Uh, and that's the way they do business. Now, do they put like some, some paprika or like some garlic? I don't know. You just have to eat raw unseasoned monkey brain. Yeah. You just got to scoop it out there. You eat it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's basically like a tartar or like a sashimi, like it's raw, you eat it and it's, it's messed up, <laughs> it's messed up, but yeah, that's, that's some parts of I'm China gonna, for I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, I don't think that there's anyone who could possibly enjoy the taste mm -hmm. of monkey brains. I think that what that is, is like a power move, mm -hmm. like we're going to make you do like a rite of passage, like we're yep. going to make you do things to sort of shock your system. So after that, you'll do whatever. I mean, you just bludgeon yep. the monkey to death brain. So what's Respect. doing something else we ask yeah. you to do? Just this it's is like a way of conditioning prove, you. Prove, prove your, you know, prove your respect, your worth, you know? Yeah. Are you going to respect what we have, who we are, or are you just going to go back to the Western country and talk shit about us or, you know, it's really, yes, it's messed up. But in a way I respect it. Because we eat a lot of nasty, like, I saw a guy, it's funny, I want to tweet about this, but I forgot. I saw an American guy eat a donut chicken sandwich. So donut. Yeah, they're selling and those here. And a chicken. <laughs> I was like, bro, this is just as messed up as monkey brains. Come on, man. What the shit you're putting in your body? Eating a donut <laughs> chicken sandwich. This is... Is monkey brains really sure. that bad compared to that shit? I'm sure it tastes a lot better. I hope it does. Than monkey brains. Yeah, it does. It does. But man, there's a there's a place down the street from me that sells those. Um, it's uh, th they sell those at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm. Do they have them in um in Holland? They do, but it's not it's not good. The chicken is always cold and it's not spicy and it's not cold chicken seasoned well and it's messed up. It is messed up. I've always, yeah, I've always had very bad experiences at KFC in Holland, so I don't know. I had it in, in I don't know where I had it. It was pretty good there in another country, but in Holland, it's it's yeah, I had that, and I got sick chicken. once as well. I got sick once as well from so. 
uh, eating from KFC. Yeah. If if you wanted to get some good fast food in in Holland, where would you go for that? Something quick from a drive-through. In Holland, you would um, oh drive-through. Hmm. You don't really have drive-through culture here. It's just KFC, KFC and McDonald's who have drive-throughs. That's it. Uh, Holland do pickups like you pick it up or you let it be ordered to your house. They don't really do drive-throughs because we're not really we don't drive as much as Americans do. Uh, I think you're gonna just have to go to a, oh there it is a snack bar yeah um, because you know <coughs> it is garbage but it's usually well prepared garbage right it's hot uh, usually it's fresh um, you will know what you're eating you will have a fair price you know the guy you know you, you will see your friends it's like be you know it's like a barbershop kind of thing you you'll see people you know you know the guy who's cooking it. And it's fairly good for the price. You pay not a lot of money for some uh, a lot of food. You can feed your whole family on like ten bucks. So um, it's pretty fair and decent. But that reminds me of uh, Los Angeles. Mm. You get a lot of opportunity. Or New York City. New York City have a lot of opportunities to do that. Not a lot of driving in New York. New York is one of those cities in America where you don't have to drive. <clears throat> you can just um, you can walk or take the train or the bus. Um, very crowded city. You got about 20 million people in New York. <clears throat> very, very crowded. Mm. But it's it, it reminds me of Holland in that you sort of have that local culture. It's where my wife grew up. And she said um, they knew the produce guy by name. Yep. Um, the guy who made your food, you knew his name. Exactly. Pretty cheap too. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I always tell people uh, in Holland, we don't have a driving culture, but we really don't. We only have two... Mm tiny rush hours should take like an hour maybe that's only two rush hours and the worst rush hours is in the environment where i live and they only last for like an hour maybe an hour 15 and that's it it's done and in the morning and around dinner time now i mean bangkok new york paris barcelona hong kong you guys have rush hour almost 24 hours a day Almost the four the four oh five going into Los Angeles is pretty packed, um, but now it's wide open because no one's driving and people have been taking pictures of it mm. and just sort of admiring um, the four oh five. Um, pretty big. We when we drive into Los Angeles, from where I am, it probably only adds maybe thirty minutes onto my time. Mm. But we were in Los Angeles for a week last year, and it took about an hour to get everywhere. But believe it or not, man, just being in the city, just being in Los Angeles gives you a certain type of sensation. I don't really know how to describe it, but when you get to Los Angeles and you're living there, there's a moment where you look around and you say, it's it's worth it. Same thing with New York. Um, the most expensive city in America is now New York City. I think it ranks number four. Hong Kong is the most expensive city in the world. Mm. New York is number four. Los Angeles and Tokyo are are tied, um, but yeah, once you get there, you're like, yeah, it's it's sort of worth it. Um, mm. Looks like guilt free sets. Uh, not sure if you guys have discussed this already, but did you hear about the Iran, about Iran declining help from American doctors? Yep. Maybe you can talk a bit about that. Definitely, um, they are, and I heard from my family that it's not only because of uh, believing that it's an American-made virus. That'll be propaganda, most most likely. It's um, mostly because they're doing stiff. They're, they, they don't want to be known. 
and they got some things to hide. Uh, that's most likely. So they don't want the Ameri the Americans there blowing the whistle. Yeah, because uh, you know the elite are being treated very well, and the poor people are left to die. That's basically it, and that's not only because of the choices they're making in the government, but it's also because they don't have any other option because all the uh, you know the, the the sanctions really hurt the economy and hurt the quality of healthcare as well. Um, and there's not a really a lot of incredibly high quality doctors left in Iran as well, right? We had two big exiles. There's a lot of people who forget that two exiles. We had one in the 70s and we had one in the 80s, uh, 90s, sorry. So the two big exiles forced Iranians to flee because the revolution happened. And after that, uh, after that the war happened, Iraq-Iran war. Uh, these two moments in time, just everybody left. All the rich people, all the high educated people, all the people who were better off, you know, uh, owners of companies, people with a lot of real estate, everybody who had some power or impact or influence just left the country. So now, right now, there's not a lot of people left to take care of everybody. And everybody is old or sick or not well off or living in bad environments, right? There's a lot of rich people as well, but the poor people are very poor. Mm. So... I don't even know if they have the, the, you know, if they have the equipment and the time and the knowledge to deal with that amount of sick people. I don't think they do. I think a lot of people don't, like Italy, right? A lot of people don't have what it takes to deal with uh, a pandemic like this. It's funny how this virus exposed everybody, right? It exposed a lot mm -hmm. of countries who thought they were ready exposed a lot of countries for being a shit hellhole communistic shit exposed a lot of countries for being very racist right it's funny how everybody got exposed by mm. uh, by this virus i heard iran doctor yeah. testimony saying that they're being forced to deny the deaths of corona patients to say that they died of heart attacks or other reasons to keep the corona death count low probably but they're not really doing a good job because the death count is pretty high so yeah that would be something that the government would try to do, but they're not doing a great job. How, what do you think about Russia? Almost zero corona cases. What do you think about that? Do you believe that? Absolutely no, not. No, no cases? I think it's it was like 10, 5, 20, I don't know. Almost nothing. No, yeah, Russia has nothing. 367 reported cases, one death, 16 recovered, 350 active cases, <clears throat> only three cases per 1 million. 350 since this has this number went up since I think they thought we got to look a little bit more believable. We're looking <laughs> looking like a liar. We got to put we got to up the number a little bit. I don't think they're testing, man. I don't mm -hmm. think they're testing at all. Do you think there's a bit let's let's play devil's advocate. Um, would it be wise? to be honest about your numbers, to let your enemies know how deeply impacted or affected you are, how weakened you've become. I think it's very wise to not let your people eventually find out, which chances are pretty big that they will eventually find out. And if the people starts to, you know, lose trust in the government, is 
you, things get tricky. But I mean, no, it would not be wise. But you gotta you gotta be able to hold it a secret, keep it a secret. And I don't think that's that's achievable these days with social media and all that stuff that's going on. I think it's it's delusional if you really think you can keep it a secret. China got exposed hard. You know, people went on Twitter, put some videos up, and boom, you're you're up. You can't lie anymore. Like, I saw a video from China of it was it was uh, I guess this was a death squad. They were dressed like doctors, but they were holding guns. Seeing a gun in China on the street is very is a very unusual sight. But it was three gentlemen who were completely covered in protective gear and masks, and they were walking down the street with guns. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, who are those guns for? Interesting. Oh, I got something interesting for you as well. Let's go a little bit into conspiracy theories, all right? Because I, right, I got some interesting thing for you. I saw something on uh, Twitter. Uh, some girl, uh, female reporter, um, right here. Let's see. And they had a video. And, and somebody posted an article. I got it right here. This is a, a, a medicine, a pharmaceutical company. Ace Pharmaceutical. Produce, uh, uh, a producer of um, a medicine that mm -hmm. cures malaria, which have been proven to work very effectively for Corona. And they're using it. And it's called, let me see, chloroquine. Chloroquine. Right here, chloroquine. Let me zoom in a little bit. Uh, and it's uh, in Holland, the RIVM, uh, the ministry who basically deals uh, health, um, health situations in Holland. They're putting it in the treatment plan. So it's a very serious, you know, trustworthy medicine. They're putting it in the treatment plan here in Holland. So everybody's going to mm -hmm. get chloroquine. Now, the funny thing is what happened if it got completely surrounded every entrance got surrounded by police cars and this secret agency the AIVD uh, also police in undercover cars every entrance got blocked off people couldn't get in or couldn't get out and this is the facility that's making this yes and something happened which they do not want to disclose on And I don't know what could have been happening, but every entrance here, it says every entrance, there is a police car with an engine uh, running uh, and there's a very uh, specific car as well, probably a secret agent, secret agency. Uh, and there's a suspicious situation. What that exactly means, the police would doesn't want to, to share. Could it be that they're concerned with maybe the, the, the place being overrun? And they're there to to protect and maintain order. I suppose that I, I, I guess that's know, a possibility. But I guess it's no. possible. I don't know, but no, really, like it is. In, like Hank is saying, I guess it's agents trying to seize medicine. There could be some fucking. I don't know, man. Some Mission Impossible Tom Cruise shit going on with some people trying to get in through the roof and da 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 da, -da and people trying to steal that shit. I don't know. Some Russian crazy commando. That would make sense in a way as well, right? If you got something that works, I think the country who comes up with the vaccine or the thing that works 
is the country who's going to pull through this crisis. Easy. If you come up with a vaccine or come up with a good treatment plan or a medication, you're going to pull through. Right? You're going to, you, you are, even if you're going to sell it for fair prices, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, because everyone's going to want it. Yeah. This impossible. And you can really name your price now. Yes. I have a friend in China, like I said, who's making masks. And uh, his price, he's selling these masks for uh, 240000 for $10,000. So 240000 masks for $10,000. Now, his price already doubled from the week before. And every news headline, everything that's happening is basically doubling his price. He's saying, I'm probably going to 30000 next week. So... It used to be that he used to sell two two hundred and forty thousand masks for a thousand. So it's already ten x, and now it's it's so this. I mean, all it's just masks, right? Mm -hmm. It's just cloth in front of your face. He's making so much money. I bet, man. That's so that it's, he's making a killing. Oh my God! When he but when we get out of this mess, this guy's a millionaire. He never was a millionaire. He just sold masks. That's it, surgical masks. That was his little company he had, local factory. And now all of a sudden, he is one of the companies who is, you know, like you said, name your price, whatever you want. It is. That's it is crazy. He, yeah. got him, he sort of got lucky <clears throat> in that regard. Very lucky. Um, having, a, having an operation that could really take off like that. Yeah, but you got to sell them illegally because Chinese don't want you to make a major profit off your products. So we're selling them uh, in a in a dodgy way, but you know, I respect it. You got to do what you got to do. I can imagine you uh, have an opportunity to get out of poverty in a country like China. You will definitely risk your life for that. Yeah, I mean, you're already dying, right? Poverty kills you. Yeah. So how do you think we as men can stay healthy, man, during these crazy times? How do you think we can hold up? I know that I myself, I, I, when I really let myself go, I don't shower, I don't eat well, I eat garbage like potato chips and stuff. I start watching porn, you know. I get into like a couple, watch a couple fat asses, and then I watch some more, and then I get into the rabbit hole of porn. I lose my mind and video games a lot. Get this fake sense of achievement, right? How, how do you how do you avoid that? Did you ever well, have that when you were younger? <clears throat> Um, porn and video games? Would you fall into you like that hole of porn and video games and eating bad and isolating yourself? I remember when I was I was fifteen. I must have been fifteen. I got a video game called Final Fantasy Eight, and I spent three days in my room just playing through the game. <clears throat> um, That'll do it to you. Yeah. Those yeah, and I had, I had a I had a blast. Yeah, it was a it was a a fun game. I'm playing through Final Fantasy VII now, the original one. Nice. Um, in anticipation for the remake. I played the demo. Did you play the demo of the remake? Um, is that the one with starts in a car in a desert? No, that's Final Fantasy XV. This one's uh, okay. this one's a remake of Final Fantasy VII that was released in I think ninety seven. Is, is that this like a segment where you're in a factory and everybody's Everything's blown up and everything's going yeah. to hell. Okay, yeah, then I played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's looking kind of nice. It's got me thinking about dropping 60 bucks. Um, I'm unsure, though, because mm. that's going to be a lot of time away from my son. 
and yep i'd rather i'd rather spend that time doing other things so i went through that phase i did go through a phase where <clears throat> i did watch a lot of pornography in my teenage year mm. but when i was 17 years old i made a commitment to myself i i met a man and i wanted to be just like him and mm. he could have taught me to be anything but instead he taught me to be like him and i wanted to be just like him i wanted to have this relationship he had with his wife um, i wanted to have the respect and the esteem he had in his community so i just started doing the things that i saw him doing and one of the things he was not doing was watching pornography and then he told me something very strange he said that it was strange to me at the time i mean it really just blew my mind how how odd this was he said that the first time he was around his wife alone was on their wedding night and i thought i was like that's so strange like really? how would you how? yeah he said the first time he was alone with her was on their wedding night he said every other time prior to the wedding night when they wanted to be together they had a chaperone there wow. or someone else a third okay. party to sort mm. of keep an eye on them and make sure that things didn't go too far but then lo and behold when i met my wife i did the same thing but i i just imagine that initial shock that of how extreme I thought that was. And then I became that. And now I advocate for other men to do the same thing. So to not have it, sex with your wife until you get married. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it makes a difference because we have to think about something that we might not think about. If you have a daughter with this woman, and if you, and if you've already had sex with them, of course, there's nothing you can do about that <coughs> except make it a goal to get married as soon as possible. And the reason why is when you have a daughter um, and you may have a daughter with her, your wife can't give your daughter something that she doesn't have. Mm. Um, for example, if your wife is in the habit of having sexual liaisons with men that she's not married to, or if your daughter sees it as a normal thing growing up in a household where her parents aren't married, this frames her expectations for the world so that means when she becomes a teenager it's not going to seem unusual to her if a guy's like well yeah why don't you just live with me mm -hmm. you know we'll just have a good time and if those are the values of your wife those will likely be the values passed on to your daughter so i think of it like this how would i feel if a man came and sat down on my couch and said you know what um, Mr. Beast, I don't really want to marry your daughter. I mean, we might do that at some point, but right now I just want her to live in my house and, you know, Tetanus. just sort of, yeah, I would not be cool with that. Mm -mm. But, um, there, there would just be no circumstances in which I would be okay. I wouldn't even be okay with him talking to me without speaking to me first. That would be deeply offensive to me. Mm. Sort of try to sneak behind my back. Um, that would be deeply offensive to me if he did that. So I got to thinking, like, if if I if I create that habit in my wife, if I take a woman who's clean and then I make her into something else, mm. um, how can I then expect her to teach my daughter to be something different? She can't. Um, I ruined that opportunity for yeah. her. I feel, Same yeah, thing. I feel you on that, definitely. Yeah. That's the reason why I want to get married as well, to give a good example to my kids. Like The only thing that's keeping us from... Uh, not being married, 
like have a part it's just the amount of family members that we're gonna have to invite and pay for just a cultural thing um in my mind i'm married to her she's my wife i i, I talk to her like it's my wife i call her my wife or fiance something but mostly my wife at times uh, she, uh, i think that connection is very important to to, mm. to but to me personally it's more of a emotional connection um mm. I don't really immediately value that piece of paper, but I do value saying yes in front of family members. You know, that accountability of a lot of people knowing yeah. that we're together uh, and also showing, you know, my kids later on that this is this is the way it should go. You should give yourself to one woman and that's it. Stop playing around, stop fooling around with all these girls chasing ass. That's not going to make you happy. It's going to make you miserable, right? Because I know yeah. my, my, my boy will be challenged very early in life. I know that when I saw when I saw ass and when I saw buoy and when I saw boobs and all that stuff, it was in magazines and it, it wasn't that real. It didn't, it didn't came that close. And it, it didn't it affected my sexual development that early, right? I was... Mm -hmm. if, if I was... Four or five years younger than yeah, I would have had online porn from a very young age, which would be very bad for me. But I think because I came up with magazines, I still had a fairly realistic idea of how women should look, or should be treated, or should mm -hmm. be approached, or should be right uh, respected in a way. Now was it like a was it like a Playboy magazine? Yeah, like catalog, bikini catalog. Not even a Playboy yet, but a bikini catalog. And even Playboy had beautiful pictures, <clears throat> right? Uh, very well lighted, beautiful positions, and and, and, <clears throat> and and women were treated with respect in a good professional photo shoot setting. It was not a disgusting <clears throat> like these porn girls. I, I I talked to a guy on Twitter. He's like this porn guru. And he said that the porn industry is very bad these days. It's the worst it has ever been. And I asked him, why, why do you think that is? And he said, it's basically YouTube now. It's become YouTubers, they're content creators. So they're doing collaborations with each other instead of doing it through an agent and a booking mm. company and making sure everybody's tested and safe and doesn't have a criminal record and people don't beat each other and security and there's food and there's things there to be able to make sure everybody is good and everybody's safe these porn people these days are they're they're content creators so there's old guys on Pornhub starting a channel with their camera small tiny handheld camera booking these girls like prostitutes because they see them on Pornhub, they're like, oh, this is a hot girl, I wanna fuck her, and she's just gonna book her, do a collaboration, mm -hmm. and just, you know, they get it on somewhere in a hotel, some dodgy Airbnb, and then he uploads it. So these guys are just getting free prostitution because they're content creators. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Are they paying the girl? I'm sure they're paying the girls. No, it's just collaborate. it's just like YouTubers. It's collaboration. You do it for my channel, I do it for your channel. So you suck my dick right here, and I, you, I whatever do there on your channel, right? So that's just the trade-off. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a whole new culture, huh? That's yeah. like an underbelly. Pornhub did it. 
Pornhub made it uh, available for amateurs to make an account and eventually make advertiser money. So they started up the porn YouTube business, basically. They made them into content creators. And now you see all, also the OnlyFans girls. I interviewed the two or three OnlyFans models who just sell their nudes online instead of giving it out to guys in the DM. They're just selling it online. So you're paying like 10 bucks a month and you become a member of their uh, online platform, which they will give you nudes for almost daily or weekly, I don't know. Uh, so they're taking it in their own hands, but the dangers that come with it is that now there is no moderation whatsoever. Nobody's in charge, nobody's making sure these girls are safe, taken care of, they don't have bodyguards going with them when they're meeting up with these dodgy guys, right? Mm. They don't know what they're signing up for, there's no contracts. So now the most, is gonna the get most really you can crazy. do is love your daughters, Give them lots of affection so that they're never inspired to go out into the world and find it outside mm -hmm. of that context. So they can develop and have a childhood as young girls. You know, it's it's sad enough that girls have to have to stop playing when they go through puberty. It's not that they have to stop playing, but they tend to stop playing when their body changes in that way. I know that mm -hmm. was the experience for for my wife when she I went through puberty. Her mother just didn't want her doing the same things because she just considered she was a little more fragile. So it's bad enough the girls have to go through that. So they're, they're, there's added pressure on them to stop their childhood a little sooner. Boys, we go through puberty. We don't really stop doing anything that we were doing before. In fact, we can probably now do a little bit more of it. Yep. For girls, it's a little, it's a little different. But... <sighs> I mean, if a girl doesn't have a father, um, she really can't be cute. I mean, cuteness to you, looking at your daughter, is sexy to another man. You might look at a member of your family and say, oh, my daughter cute, or my sister is very cute. Another man looks at that same person and says, oh, that's sexy. That's, that's what sexy looks like to other men. It's cute on your kids. It's sexy to someone who's not in your family. So if you're not giving your daughter an outlet, to get healthy non-sexual love in the context of the family, well, she's going to have to go and get it in a sexual context. Yes. And we how, all, however we all way know, they will get it. Yeah. You know, however and we, we all know that there's something wrong with these women. Mm -hmm. we, we play mind games with ourselves because we want to deny the fact that we are, we're satisfying our sexual lust through watching someone's abuse and pain and suffering. Mm. So we say things like, oh, well, she's the consenting adult. But we know in our minds that there's something wrong with these girls. Otherwise, why else would they be why else would they be doing it? Unless something very wrong happened. Yep. Something went wrong. Um, the acting part of pornography is the fact that they're acting as if they enjoy it. That's the acting. It's not it's not the screaming and the, oh, do it, do it again. It's not the the acting part. It's not poor acting because you walk away from that thinking, oh, yeah, she definitely enjoyed it. Yep. That's the acting. Most of those women don't even do those things with the men that they love. Mm -mm. They're doing it for money with strangers. And the fact that you forget that these people are strangers that probably just met today and she's doing something that she probably doesn't even like doing in her own sex life. That's the act right there. Mm. But how would you describe what is actually the problem 
of women doing porn. How would you this? How would you explain your daughter why you would not want her to do porn or sell naked pictures or put her ass on whatever or show the boobs on Twitch and sit there and get donations? And why do you think these things? How would you, how would you like? What arguments would you use towards? Your oh, good daughter? question. If I could think of an analogy to to really express the value of the female reproductive function, because I think that's where it comes comes of appreciation and understanding of the female reproductive function. Mm -hmm. Think about you, you take two women, right? And you give them both a check for $1 million and you send them to the mall with that. One of them comes back with a t-shirt. Sweetie, where's the rest of your money? Well, well, this is all I got. I have no money. The other one comes back holding the deed to the mall. Hmm. And in this analogy, the $1 million, the sexual reproductive function of a woman, um, men, are men have developed in such a way to where if you are satisfying a man's sexual needs and you are satisfying his need to give you male care and to produce offspring, there isn't too much a man won't give you in exchange for that. Mm -hmm. So if a woman walks away from a sexual exchange with a man and all she has is a couple of bits or a couple of subscriptions on YouTube or Twitch or a check for $500, she's like that woman who came home from the mall with the t-shirt doesn't have that million dollars. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to go the route of selling yourself, then why not do what the former Mrs. Bezos did? I mean, why not hit the jackpot? I mean, she got married to a guy and just based off of her sexual function and what she was able to do for him, she became the wealthiest woman in the world once they divorced. I mean, if you're going to do it, I mean, do it big. Mm -hmm. I mean, go for it. But what we, but what we're finding out now is so long as a woman can, be prevented from having early sexual experiences that desire to sort of show her ass and be a whore never develops in other words the earlier a woman is sexually activated the more sexual partners she's going to have in life mm. so if you if you can simply keep a girl in a healthy environment as a kid uh, it's not like women are naturally whores or crazy it's just that women need male affection just like men need female affection and it's a need. If they don't get it in a healthy way, they will seek it in unhealthy fashion. So as long as you can give a woman healthy love, she'll never, she, it's not like women are insane and they're like, I, oh my God, I just want to ruin my life and do porn. Um, oh my God, I just want to have a Snapchat where I just sell nudes. That's self-destructive behavior. And you don't see it in women who don't have those early sexual experiences. I'm talking like 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. These girls are getting banged out an uncle or a grandfather or a healthcare worker, someone touched them, and they're not really going to talk about that, but you see it in their behavior. And generally when a woman is abused at a young age, she struggles with male relationships for the rest of her life. It's yeah. just going to be a problem where she just doesn't recognize fineness. So if you're in a relationship with one of those women, you're going to have to be her father, her lover, her guide, her, her counselor, her therapist. And a lot of men really aren't cut out for that. They just want to be with these women because they're attractive. Mm. Um, so they, they sort of miss out on, on the help 
that they need. But in terms of arguments for it, um, of the arguments that I would use, the only way I would have to use an argument is if my daughter was damaged in some way to where she thought that being a whore was a good idea. Mm. You have to let her know that she can literally make life. It's a miracle that she can do that. And like anything of value, it shouldn't be sold for cheap. You should be willing and you should be expecting a man to give you a lot than just a few ounces of bodily fluid and a couple of likes and thumb ups on social media in exchange mm. for them. Especially when you can get so much more. Like go for just that, right? That's real. I respect that. Definitely. You know, the thing is that See, I don't, I don't, I don't like to be judgy because I mean, I sold drugs, I did stupid shit, I stole shit from. I never really stole though, but I was around robberies, I was around people stealing. I've seen things happening around me, and I never judged those people. So I can't judge women on doing OnlyFans and selling their ass and whatever pussy for five, ten dollars a month. But at the same time, I, I do always want to. I really want to put emphasis on you really going to sell your ass for five dollars a month for ten dollars a month that's it ten dollars like really ten dollars you know how much you know how many this is an iphone xs max you know how much ass i could buy from you with the money of an iphone so you're saying mm. your ass is not even an iphone my iPhone not is even an iPhone. A hundred times your ass more, like hundred and fifty times your ass. This microphone is like six, six, twenty times your ass. Like, yeah. is that how? That is crazy. It is. It is crazy. Taylor Swift is worth three hundred million dollars. Yeah. I've never seen her vagina. Nope. Never seen it because she focused her talents on something productive and then we have to also look at the math involved in this um women selling news of themselves is a very crowded market on the internet yep. it's very very crowded um so what are the chances let's say you were to go there you think you okay you got a banging body there are a lot of women with banging bodies but yeah. okay we'll, we'll entertain the idea that you ma'am have a vagina made of gold and honey and you know yours is special and nice and it's okay we'll we'll humor you um, what, are the, what are the chances of you landing in a position or even getting noticed in a sea of so many other women who have the exact same thing to offer yep. to where you're able to make a handsome living on this to begin with? What's likely going to happen is you're not going to make a lot of money. You're never going to make enough money to make a living or support yourself, let alone get rich. No way. And before you do, you're going to quit and the internet is just going to be flooded with pictures of you that are going to come back to haunt you. You're going to go for a job interview. They're going to type your name They'll into Google it. and bam. You're going to embarrass your family. You're going to humiliate them. You're going to find someone you really love. And you're going to have to say, sweetie, mm -hmm. before I met you, I went through a phase in my life where I used to take pictures of my vagina and breast and post money. I still love you. But... I did that. You have to be a, yeah, yeah. And um, any 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 man with any sort of self esteem and self respect is going to say, 
No. I can't deal with that. Uh, can't deal with that. No. Mm -hmm. Because I can find a woman who didn't do that. Who no isn't going to embarrass yep. our children. No way. Can't deal with that. Well, you got you got some couple people. You got people out there who will deal with that. I can tell you, my friend who almost married a prostitute, he got, there was mm. like a lawsuit about her. And it got, um, it got publicized in a paper that uh, the girl was a prostitute because of a lawsuit because I don't know what happened, something with the kids. It was a big thing in our local <laughs> newspaper. Oh, no. So it got in the paper and that's how we found out his girl used to be a prostitute. He almost married, he bought a ring and asked her to everything was set up. He almost married her. And the funny thing is, I know this guy would have married her if it was not published in the newspaper. He would have still did it. He would have did, did it. still did it. Did he find out the same time you guys did? Yeah, it was in the newspaper. Everybody knew. Oh man, that is a bad day. Yeah, that she, is a bad day. Yeah, they put she, they, they put it in the newspaper that she was like jerking people off in a movie theater. It's one of those jerk off jerking movie theaters where you jerk your dick and then watch a movie and you get like popcorn or food and they come six next to you and touch your pee pee and that that was oh what, snap <laughs> that was what she did and then she went up she she upgraded got a promotion and became a prostitute. Over there. <laughs> she, like, <laughs> she did good for herself, right? She, she, she went and got a, a better offer, and she did that for a while. And then the kids got taken away from her. Fair. Court here in Holland is pretty fair. They said, well, you're a prostitute. I think the dad should raise those kids. And she went hard, fight that, fought that case. And yeah, dad won. And there was a case that got published in the newspaper and she you know was very upset at the newspaper because you know he had a good guy and the guy was like oh i would stay with you but my friends will think i'm a simp so i'm not gonna need to build out that's the only <coughs> you know, reason that's the only reason. yeah i mean it sounds like he really loved the girl he did beautiful girl, is he all right beautiful girl. is he all right he's all right nah, he's doing really bad he's doing really bad how long ago was that was that recently uh, a couple years ago and he's, he still hasn't recovered from it? Well, a couple other things as well. But those that, that, that will hurt you. As a man, it will hurt you. Right? I can yeah, that's pretty that embarrassing. That really hurt you. Oh, man, that hurt me when I read it. I'm like, damn, bro. There's an, oh. But he did the right thing. There's no reason for him to be ashamed of me. I, no. And I when mean, he found gotta, out, he yeah. did the right thing. got to get I out mean, there. It'd yeah. be different if he didn't do the right thing. Then he should be embarrassed. He did. He made the right choice in mm -hmm. choosing not. Did he, did he know she had children? Yeah, that he knew. Oh. Yeah, that he knew. That's like I was talking when I was 13, 14, I don't know, young. I was talking to this beautiful girl from Spain, a very beautiful, mm. pretty girl. I knew something was up because I was getting like, I was I was way too ugly. I was way too weird. I was antisocial. I, I was not in a position and I was not in her league at all. I was a weird, weird, strange little internet kid. And I was getting a lot of attention, and I was I was like, oh my God, that's pretty cool. And I for, I forget her, her name was like Silvana or something. And I, I one day I thought, I mean, you know what? I'm just Google her name. And there was not really a googling someone back in the day. This is like 15 years ago. You weren't really googling mm. people back in the day. So now <laughs> I was like, okay, let's Google this girl. And boom, webcam, bitch, cam girl. Oh my God, it was bad. It was bad. She put like TV remote control in the ass, oh, de deodorant man. in the pussy, and everything went up there. I'm like, oh my god! And it hurt. It broke my heart. Really did. I bet. I liked did, it so much. Has she? She with a price tag at any point? Was she asking you to get it for money no, or anything? No, no, no. She gave me for free. Oh. Uh. 
She's like, I got the shows for free. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm, I'm, this is beautiful. This is, wow. I, this is a, the beautiful woman on the internet trying to give me, wow. I'm like, mind blown, right? The beautiful woman on the internet giving me attention and telling me I'm cool and I'm great. And I'm like, oh, damn, sir. Jesus, why? I got so mad. I got so angry. But I did cut her off, though, because I don't know. Something inside me just said that uh, I can't deal with this. Yeah, that hurt, man. You thought you thought that that was special between you, but she was selling that intimacy. And that's the thing. To other I, people. Yeah, when I was very young, I noticed this. This, like, I thought she was perfect. I was young, a stupid, an idiot, right? But when I saw her, I thought she was perfect in every way. She was perfect, right? She was ambitious. She was getting money. I don't know where from, but you know, eventually I found out. But she was getting money. She was doing good for herself. She was kind, pretty smart very sweet, caring, and then I found out this, and that, that's, that, that thing just destroyed everything, the beautiful image that I had of her, all the feelings, all the memories, all the experiences, it was gone, like this, just because I knew, she wasn't even having sex with people, she was just doing certain things for men, and I think most, the biggest reason was, Maybe the thing that you just said is is like is that two two three dollars a minute is that worth putting a remote control in your ass? Yeah, so cheap, so cheap. How much does a webcam girl make? <clears throat> right, two three dollars maybe a minute, not that much. Webcam girls are cheap. Yeah, the former Mrs. Bezos. I guarantee you, she never had to put a remote. Yeah, for. <laughs> And yet she's the richest woman. <laughs> she she never had to do anything like that. No, I don't think so. I don't think she ever put. <laughs> I'm like I'm like if you want I'm like dude if you want to be a ho- like if 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 there's no argument that I can you out of. I mean if you really want to be a ho okay okay here's what you do okay sell sell everything you own get yourself a plane ticket fly to New York City and just hang around on Wall Street. I mean if you're gonna go, I mean go for it exactly like. Don't try to make this nickel and dime money. Go try to get yourself a whale. Get yourself a whale, sweetie. But they don't do that. Mm-mm. So I know. So I know that's not what it's about. It's about convenience and just falling back on things. <clears throat> easy. Things that. There you go. It's easy. If they had that mindset to where I want to maximize, mm-hmm. they get on a plane and go to Wall Street yeah. and try to catch one of these investments. Um, one of these investors coming out, but then that's too much work. Mm. That's too much effort. So I, I just want to sit in my house and open my legs and play with myself and um, just get paid. That's the equivalent of a neck beard, yep. of a male neck beard exactly. who sits and masturbates all day. It's exactly. just that in our current culture, a woman can monetize her being a neck beard closet. Um, incel in her mom's basement because men yeah. are willing to pay for that mm-hmm. but women aren't willing to pay as much to see a man jerk off and play with himself all day mm-hmm. but men are more willing to pay for a woman to do that but it's the equivalent yep absolutely these only fans girls are neck beards <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's real neck it's real. i feel you though i mean i listen there's absolutely no disrespect to the only fans girls but the only issue that I have is that it's just so cheap. 
Dude, you can you can do so much more if you have the hustle and the ambition and the grind and 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 the the, the work ethic to be able to make pictures every day upload them manage a community work on twitter upload previews of those pictures put them on the mm. internet even stream on twitch some do facebook i don't know some other everybody <coughs> has their own outlet and some manage discord channels like there's so much more you can do with that skill set that you own there's so much more mm. and exactly what you're saying you could like take a plane ticket and fly to some place where rich people hang out go like you know what is a very underrated place what's that casinos if you're a pretty girl uh. put on a tight dress and just hang around the high roller table i bet you one of these guys are going to tell you come take a seat next to me i'll take care of you tonight how you doing what's your name these guys are gambling money that's that's the life savings of these girls probably in 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 mm. two minutes and the gamblers have absolutely no sense of money the casino does that to them right the alcohol the air conditioning the the lighting all everything is set up for you to stay as long as you can mm -hmm. and just throw away as much money as you can psychologically it's all set up it's beautiful so when you're a girl and you sit around that area you will get sucked in that vacuum that he's stuck in and he'll throw just as much money at you as he does gambling he'll take care mm -hmm. of you you just gotta <coughs> sit there give him a little bit of a back rub tell him it'll be mm -hmm. okay he'll make his money back i see so many when i used to play poker so many guys with girls behind them, just giving them back rub, and he give them a couple dot, couple thousand. Go, go shopping. Go, I want kind of don't want to deal with you right now. Here's a couple thousand. Go get a room. Go shopping. I'll see you next week. Right? Mm -hmm. It was insane. Uh, those the girls, yeah. I respected. Mm -hmm. I respected. This is a very rich guy. He's taking care of you. You're making a lot of money. You're comfortable, living well. Probably he's not. He's not probably beating you or anything. He just wants your company. Great, do it. All right. That kind of hustle, though, is equivalent to the kind of work ethic you need to get through school. Mm. I mean, if you have that sort of drive, go to law school. That's all Hillary Clinton did, and now Hillary—well, she did some other things after that. But going to law school was the was the door was the doorway in. But now all Hillary Clinton has to do <clears throat> is show up at a place, stand in front of an audience for about forty-five minutes. And she can make millions of dollars. And that's all she has to do. I'm just going to stand here. I mean, she's got every Twitch girl beat by far. Ooh, because God. she stands up for 45, 30, 45 minutes. And I think her asking price is like a quarter million. Yeah. Like if you want her to come and talk, a quarter million. It has to. Yeah. And that's it. She just talks. And I'm and Hillary Clinton, I've never seen her vagina, never seen her nudes. But that's that's what it looks like if a woman applies herself and fights that temptation to race to the bottom. Because mm -hmm. there are a lot of women at the bottom competing for those scraps, falling from the table. And the and the and the the chances of you rising to be the supreme whore of the bottom are very, 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 very small. It's the equivalent of a man who's like, you know what, I wanna you know, they watch they watch like the UFC and they get jazzed up on it. Mm -hmm. And they join like these these local promotions, these fight rings, and you know they go and they fight. They're just doing. They're falling onto their bare minimum mm. assets: their physical strength, their upper body strength, 
And they're like, well, I'm just going to beat on some guys and let some guys beat on me. And maybe, just maybe, one day Dana White will walk in the room and say, I want to give this guy a contract. Never going to happen. It's, but that industry is made on the backs of people who are never going to realize their dreams. Street kids, yeah. Yeah, street kids who have no shot at realizing their dreams. And then they do it and then they get hurt. Like yep. they get hurt. Fighting but is really when you have nothing else in life. Nothing mm -hmm. else. That's yeah. the only time you should ever consider fighting. <clears throat> I don't understand people who are fighting when they're well off. All the greats, all the legendary fighters, they had nothing. Right? Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard. These guys had nothing. Rocky. He's like, Conor McGregor is one of them. Yeah, he had nothing. I don't. I don't really consider him to be on on par with Mike Tyson and and um, and any of the greats because you know he's gotten his ass whooped and he's he's quit a bunch of fights. But yeah. what got him to the top was um, his his ability to sort of he was sort of the lord of that underbelly. Like mm -hmm. when you think about the stereotypical UFC fan, you know he was their champion. Yep. You know, and um, he made everybody <clears throat> believe they could do it. Yeah. But if everyone could do it, he wouldn't have made a hundred doing it. Mm -hmm. He made that hundred million dollars because he was able to attract so many people with that dream that would never be realized. Do For you all believe, your time. And effort, huh? Do you believe that's destiny? It was his destiny because he reached out for it. But he also got lucky. Um, luck is always involved in in um, things that happen to us. And by luck, I mean unforeseen events that either hurt us or help us. Mm. And that's definitely what happened to Conor McGregor. Had Conor McGregor been born <clears throat> 10 years earlier mm. or 10 years later, he never would have gotten Had he never joined that gym or had his parents been a little bit more thrifty and saved more money, he never would have been on the dole. Or had he never met that girl, um, he never would have been in a relationship with her, which means his life would have went down a completely different angle <clears throat> had the UFC not been as big at that time. Again, there would have been no place for him to go. Um, so he got very, very lucky. Um, but we don't attribute that to luck. We attribute it to will, determination, mm -hmm. hard work, because we can't see all the things that didn't happen. We only see the things that the decisions he made, not the things that happened to him as a result of maybe someone else's decisions mm -hmm. along the way. You know, what's funny. I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't calculate luck because they want to take all that credit. They don't want anything to discredit them. They want 100% of that achievement. It's really funny because if you look at, for example, how, let's take boxing, Muhammad Ali. Mm. He was so dominant. He was the most famous person on the globe at one time that the guy who came after him, who saved boxing from the inevitable collapse after Ali quit because there was nobody there was Sugar, Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Leonard, who a lot of professional boxers will say secretly is their favorite boxer of all time. Muhammad Ali is the greatest, 
with Sugar Ray Leonard, he beat, he, he did like 80, 70 or 80 wins in a row. Wow. He That's lost a lot. once and then he went on a streak. And then he got coked up and drunk and he lost a couple of times. But he won so many times in a row in heavyweight in a very competitive environment. Now, nobody, I mean, who even knows this guy? Who knows Sugar Ray Leonard? That's not, I, you could go walk up in the street right now. Hey, you know Sugar Ray Leonard? No, I have no idea. You know Muhammad Ali? Yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. The boxer. He most definitely got unlucky just because of the era he grew up in, right? Sugar Ray? Yeah, 100% he got unlucky. I think in his prime, he would have just fought Muhammad, if he was in the same time as Muhammad Ali, in his prime, he would have fought Muhammad Ali and would have been one of the greatest of all time known by normal people as well because he would have fought the greatest. Now, he fought a couple of guys who also weren't that characteristic and magnificent godlike status like Ali. So he <coughs> never got that shot to become a Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali or a Mayweather, right? He never got that shot because just of the era he grew up in. For example, let's say soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo. Hmm. You got this asshole midget, Lionel Messi, just destroying records, being, he's a god in soccer. He's a, people treat him like a god and rightfully so because he's extremely tiny and he is mm. one of the greatest players of all time. It doesn't make sense for in a physical sport to be tiny and lightweight and be one of the greatest of all time. If Ronaldo did not have him as his enemy, as his number one competitor, he would have been the greatest soccer player of all time because he mm-hmm. literally broke every record in the game. But because he has this guy constantly doing incredible things in his era, I think we'll remember him as one of the greatest of all time, but I don't think we'll remember him like Maradona or Pele. Yeah, he got unlucky. He was unlucky to live at the same someone else doing (laughs) doing great things. And this is a midget who got scouted by Barcelona by a Dutch guy, Gullit, who believed in him, nobody else did, and they gave him a growth hormone treatment which costs millions of dollars to make him grow as much as he possibly can in order to become a professional football player. That's Mm. how much he needed the blessings and the love from his environment. And he got it and eventually killed the game and still killing the game. And Ronaldo, the guy who did it just on brute force, being a tall, beautiful muscle, incredible man, you know, perfect example of a, a football soccer player. He got screwed. So I think there is definitely some luck involved in a lot yeah. of situations, right? The, the problem is, is that, you know, you can take one of these so-called experts or like, for example, Steve Jobs wrote a book and people read it thinking this is exactly how to become successful. Number one, they assumed that Steve Jobs knew successful. And number two, that he knew it well enough to tell them how to replicate it. Mm. But it, it sells books. You know, someone will 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 achieve something great, and they'll write a book about it, and people will come out of the woodwork and buy that book under the belief, number one, that this person knows what it was that made them successful, 
And number two, that they know it well enough to tell you exactly what to do to get the same success. Exactly. It's an illusion yeah. on both fronts that they know what they did that made them successful. And number two, that they know it well enough to tell you, but it's an illusion that persists. It sells a lot of books. Yeah. Like, a lot of books. Like my Chinese friend who made shitty surgical masks and he got a pandemic. The biggest lucky, the biggest of so all time, lucky. almost. Yeah, a worldwide pandemic, not yeah. even a European or a South American or a, a worldwide pandemic. He's gonna be a millionaire if, if he had gone into maybe making socks mm. or maxi pads or hats. Yep. He would have missed the bus, but he chose. Or he opened up masks. ten restaurants. Who has to close right now? Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah, another good. Even that's an even better example. Mm. Unlucky. All the all the restaurants in America adjust and they're doing like curbside service. They're still not going to break even. No, because the the amount of the the amount of revenue that they're missing out by not having their lobbies open is really unsurmountable. Yeah. But um, they're trying to like yeah just just pull up and we'll give you like two two meal entrees for like ten. I mean it's a good time to get a deal like ten bucks an entree. Like it's yours. Just come, just come get, just, we got all this food here that we already bought and we got to sell it. So yeah. please come, come buy it. But it ain't going to work. Nah, it's hard. Imagine being that guy who saved up his whole life to start a restaurant. And you started that restaurant in January 1st. You're like, let's oh. get it boys. Let's get it. 2020 <laughs> is going to be my year. I open up my restaurant, put my life savings in it. I don't have any backup, no nothing. I'm just going to, you know, run my business and it's going great first month. You're killing it. Everybody's come to eat pizza and pasta and everything is beautiful. And now you got to shut it down. You have absolutely mm. no money, nothing, not to pay rent, not to feed your that kids. That sucks, man. You put your whole life in this. Yeah. It's the best pizza we'll never taste. <laughs> we'll never taste. We'll never taste it. Because Maybe he Chinese had eats some bats. <laughs> uh, oh. For for them to eat bats, maybe bats taste like like honey and maybe. wedding cake. Maybe mm. bats taste. I saw a chick. She took a. It was like a whole bat in like a soup. It still even had the fur on. I'm like, you're not even gonna. Nope. Make it look like meat. Just the, it was in a bowl of soup, and she picked it up with a chop, bit in. It still had its teeth in its mouth. Yep. It's bit the bat. I'm like, Hardcore. I get that you're hungry, but you couldn't take the skin off. You couldn't like maybe take, chop it up and put it in the. No, put. She said, put the whole bat. Just drop the bat in the soup. Mm. Still had the wings on it. Messed up. It, really it was outrageous. Up. I saw a video. Chinese people putting a dog in a walk pan, a live dog, in a hot water, boiling water walk pan. Just foam in there, put the lid on it, and every time, just putting the, taking the lid off and say, ha, 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 look at this dog, and they put it back on. And then the dog jumped out, and because the skin was cooking, they could have just, they, they, they could just pull off his, his fur, like, really easy, it was smooth. So they, they kind of took his fur off, and then they put him oh, back in the walk man. pan. Yeah, dog was screaming. He didn't like that. That was really messed up. I saw that. Oh, and another brother. dog, they were just uh, pouring hot oil over him, crisping him, deep frying him, alive. And he was still alive. They just deep frying him, pouring the hot pour with a with a spoon. It was really bad. <sighs> really bad. What but if it smelled like 
what if it smelled really good in there? Do you think that might change your mind? If you're and you're like, it smells good in here, and you walk in the like something smells good, but there's a dog barking. And you walk into the back of the restaurant and you see that. Would you be put off or would you be like, well, let me stick around for a plate, see what it I don't know, see what it, if what what all the If I would have seen that, I would have leave. But I won't I, I don't mind. I would eat dog. I would eat every meat. I don't I don't discriminate meat. I don't think it's I think it's weird to say, Oh no, I'm not gonna eat dog. Why not? Cows are very cute, beautiful, kind, <laughs> loving animals. Pigs are You're right, they're very kind. intelligent very intelligent smart yeah. beautiful animals as well um deer deer are the most majestic animals in the world i mean beautiful we eat them we shoot them and kill them and and yeah i just all animals are beautiful to me uh, there's some things i would say it, it's not worth killing like i don't know hamsters or like small rodents or rats mice bats yeah. Like they're not really worth taking a life over just tiny bit of meat. Frogs, I don't really like eating frogs because it's just a waste. It's a waste. It's not that tasty and it's a waste of a life. But dogs. I like how you. I like how you put that. The amount of effort that goes taking a piece of chicken nugget you'll get. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs got a lot of meat though, so if it's really tasty, I'd eat a dog. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, before they even cooked it, like, did they... Well, the dog was alive, so they didn't take the guts? Nope. No, just throw them in there. Another so all video the guts was and the like, blood? Yeah, another video was really bad. They was burning a dog with a torch. They hung him on a rope on the side of the street and on the road, and it was just shooting with a torch, just burning him alive. See, that, see that's, that right there is just sated. I don't, I don't, I don't see... I, I've heard some people say that the reason... Um, it releases adrenaline in the system, and that somehow makes the meat taste different. Mm. But just taking the blowtorch to a living animal, I think that's just—I think that's just sadism. Yeah, that's bad. Maybe they like I it. I don't know. They're laughing and smiling while they're doing it. It could be. I mean, listen—if you got like two billion people in your country, you're gonna have a lot of crazy people, right? The, my, the percentage of your country who's crazy. Yeah. If there's like a point. 0.1% that's still a lot of people in China who are crazy. Yeah. I mean, your psychopaths, your sociopaths. Yeah. Uneducated. That's just, you know, we in Iran, we have barbecues, we gather and we kill a sheep sometimes and uh, we eat the, the head of the sheep. It doesn't really look pretty. Uh, a head of the lamb, sorry. Uh, head of a lamb, yeah, uh, and uh, you you eat the eye, you eat the tongue, you eat the cheek, you eat uh, yeah the, the the neck, the every like all the bits and you eat it you eat it like as a as a feast. Is uh, there much meat on a sheep's on a lamb's head? It's it's yeah, it's pretty decent. I, I really yeah. I dislike it, but um, the taste I don't like the taste. Um, but it's a feast. Everybody does it. It looks really bad, but it's tasty and everybody's enjoying it but because it's a lamb we're like ah you know it's a lamb who cares about the lamb really right but if that would have been lambs a dog then yeah lambs are very cute lambs are really cute but if that would have been a dog then yeah it's a different story right? yeah we we like our dogs especially here in america if you if you took a blowtorch to a dog here in america <clears throat> that would be enough for everyone to stop driving and come at you yeah. all at once people would yeah. stop traffic to get you to stop we're very, especially cats. It's cats. Oh boy, cats are mass murderers. Mm. 
um, especially what I mean, if you have a cat, an outdoor cat, you just bring one to your neighborhood, and they're gonna devastate all the wildlife in yeah. like um, in like a one mile, not probably not a one mile radius, but definitely the neighborhood, the people on your block. That's all cats do at night is they mm. go out, they screw, they murder, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, it's incredible. I have a cat now for like six, seven months. It's beautiful how you see that. It's it's sport to him. He's chasing all the bugs, flies, spiders, bees, everything he sees. He just he gets this this super focus, this hyper focus. You cannot disturb him at all. You can I can like seriously I can slap him in his face, and he will not flinch. If he's focused on that little spider or bee or mosquito or whatever he's trying to get, he will get it. And he found a little tiny spider. And he got it and he was so focused on it that I offered him cookies and chicken and everybody was not, he did not want that. He wanted the spider. <laughs> so he was so focused. He started to, his mouth opens and he starts to make this weird noise. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> and he's so hyper. And then all of a sudden, bang, he jumps on it and he doesn't kill it or eat it. He just pokes at it with his paws, Look, pokes it, pokes it. And he holds it for a while. He lets it loose and jumps back on again. Just keeps, keeps yeah. torturing. He wants to hunt. Yeah, keep torturing. And sometimes he just lets it go for like a 30 seconds and then starts over again. Just looks for, where is it? Where is it? Like he's playing hide and seek with it. And eventually he slowly eat it. So he takes it, he takes it, put it in, bites a couple times and spits it out and puts it back. It's, 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 it's very disturbing. It's, it's if he really, were big enough. Do you think he would chase humans like that? He would kill me. Yeah, he would kill me, 100%. He's been mad at me a couple of times, and he attacked me. Like, he lunged, lunged at me when he gets upset for, like, kitten. You know, it's a, it's a kid. He doesn't know. So, yeah, he would have killed me. Yeah, he lunged at me a couple of times. But cats do, right? I had a, cats I had a cat do that. Yeah, my last cat tried me once, but I gave him the bong sow. What's that? And and the tan sow. It's, um, it's a block that you in Wing Chun. The tan mm. sow is uh, an inner block that goes out like this, like a door hinge, and then the bong sow goes out like this. I gave him the tan sow, and it completely deflected him. Um, he never tried me again after that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, he tried, he tried me a couple times, but I smacked him. I won't, like, I won't do it on Twitch. I get banned, probably. But, I like, sometimes he comes in and messes with me. I won't do it. But I smack him on his head. He's, he's behaved fairly well these days. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you mention that about Twitch and cats. Um, you can smack a cat though. This absolute. I don't get these people who's like, oh man, it's a cat. You should. Man, cats are vicious. They really don't. They like that. Like cats really like rough play fighting. That like when you see two cats playing, you're like, these they are gonna kill each other, right? But they really love rough play fighting. I've seen my cat, and another cat, and one cat uh, held him in a chokehold until the cat couldn't breathe, and he just kept choking him. And biting him, choking him, biting him. And that was just plain, right? He got him in that rear naked choke? Yeah, yeah. From the back, <laughs> laying on his side, just choking like this. Like, oh, oh, man. It's crazy. But that's just plain. Cats really, they like that. Yeah, so you can really Cats slap rear a naked cat. Choke. Yeah. Rear naked choke bites is what that was. Mm. Yeah, you can, I you hear can my... choke a cat, slap it. It doesn't care, man. I hear my son in the other room, so I'm probably going to have to... Uh to go soon but we should probably do this again sometime yeah man. this was, uh, was a lot of fun talking to you about coronavirus and 
and cats and um <clears throat> and daughters and things like that absolutely um, man we should, we should make more time to do this again definitely man definitely thank you so much for being on as usual guys chat thank you for being here man very very glad to have these opportunity to talk with you uh, beast as always oh it's always my my pleasure um to be here and uh and talk with you and speak with you um I, I thought about you when i was watching the news and i noticed that the coronavirus cases were spiking in iran and immediately i was thinking it's probably the sanctions that are making it worse mm -hmm. and that harkened all the way back to our discussion about the poverty and and just how crushing the sanctions are and i remember we were talking we were watching that video about how the iranians are already barely making it some of them mm -hmm. um and how i can only imagine what it's like with the coronavirus there on top of poverty on top of the crushing depression that comes with the lack of opportunities now there's coronavirus on top of that um I'm sure it's uh, it's it's not it's not a fun time mm -mm. in Iran nope. at all. Nope, it's really messed up. Fortunately, my family got money and they're doing pretty good, but a lot of stress, a lot of insecurity, a lot of anxiety, a lot of doubt, uh, a lot of things unknown. Yeah, it's very disturbing. Yeah, but I hope things get better um, for you and yeah. Holland. We're in quarantine here. About 40 million Californians in quarantine. Here, the, the state's shut down except for non-essential businesses. And now the police and probably the National Guard are going to start enforcing that mm. here in California. California is a huge state. It runs up and down the American coast on the west side, um, takes up almost all of the coastline except for Oregon and Washington. <clears throat> so it's going to be, I'm sure they're going to have a grand old time trying to enforce anything here in California with these disobedient Americans. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fighting, man. I hope not. So far, everything is great. Um, everyone's been able to get what they need. Um, but we're, we're probably going to have to do this again before the year is out. Another quarantine yep. that's like this. But we'll probably be better prepared for it because we know who can work at home. Um, we've been there. The businesses will be ready for it because they've... So really, what this is, is it's like a dry run. But um, I'd say so far, we're passing. We're passing the test. I'm glad, man. I'm glad it's looking good over there. Crazy. Yeah, I hope it's crazy. It, uh, hope it stays the same for you there in Europe. And um, yeah, man. Hopefully, we're gonna get the, well. the lockdown soon. One day, you should, you two should get your own podcast again, man. I'll, I'll move over there. I'll move over to the states. We'll get a, we'll get a podcast together, man. Definitely. I'm gonna, I'm having discussions right now with my fiance. We're having some serious talks on when, when, and where we're gonna move. We're thinking about Dubai a little bit. But we checked out Dubai and it's a very, uh, it's just not a pretty place to live. It's just pure luxurious. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have a community. It's just people mm. trying to make money, which is not really appealing to me. Just, just and, rich people flossing? Yeah. Yeah. And poor people, like not poor, but you know, just salesmen and people coming to work trying to make money. Everybody's just coming there to make money. Nobody's really in Dubai. Not, there's not really people living there, right? Everybody's just trying to make something. So and, it's like a so it's like a guy who's with a woman, but he doesn't love her. It's just because she has big breasts and a big derriere. Exactly. Yeah. No heart and soul in their relationship. Nothing at all. And uh, I always told my wife that if that doesn't work out, we should just move to America. I mean, in my opinion, still, 
with everything going on and all the craziness and all the guns and all the nonsense that's you know that the media portrays about America, uh, it's still the best first world country in the world. It's still the but, best first world country to live in. I don't see any other the th country. The, 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 the thing about the guns, bro, it's it's really not even a big deal. No, I don't think so. It, it's it's just a, it's it's a cultural norm in America, so mm. it's not really a big deal to us. Mm. I mean, I, I would. I would live in a place where obviously the death rates would be low and the, the <laughs> homicides would not be every day, maybe every other day. <laughs> and, you know, not, I don't want open carry stuff going on in my community, you know, people with shotguns, pistol poking out the pants. But I don't, it's, it's okay. I've seen the numbers. It's like vast majority of Americans doesn't even own a gun and they don't want that smoke. <laughs> they don't yeah. want a gun, they don't own a gun and they're not out there shooting people. It's a tiny majority and unfortunately they're shooting a lot of people. And that's, you know, in a lot of places here in Hollywood. I think in my, I think in my, in my, in my time in America, it's been my whole life. I've outside of a police officer, I maybe have only maybe two people open carry and they were pistols. It's yeah. it's not that common to see a person walking. Your, if someone was walking down the street with an assault rifle in America, someone would call the police because it's not a <laughs> yeah. usual thing. Yeah. Even though you, I mean, you can do it, the cops are still gonna show up and be like, are you all right? Like, um, they're probably gonna ask to see the gun, like can yeah. we check it? You can of course say no and all that, but to look outside to see someone carrying a gun, it's even if it's a pistol, it's going to alarm people enough to cops and the cops are going to show up and ask mm -hmm. some questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it's why. I really I people really have them, but that. we're we're really responsible. I mean, I have the AR fifteen, but I've never taken it outside. I've never yeah. fired it's like I said, it's I would it's buy media. a gun though. I would buy definitely yeah. would buy a gun. I have swords it's and I have a gun. Yeah. I have machetes and swords. I would buy a gun if if I would be able to. But you know, the thing is that I just love the values of America and I think it's it honestly is the best country in the world to live in just because of the the people there all come for one reason and that is to enjoy pure freedom right and my dad always wanted to go to America he never had that opportunity because my mother was afraid because of all the propaganda and she heard about the guns and the drugs and the women and the craziness and the Coca-Cola and all that shit that's going on and the lying. <laughs> and the the Coca-Cola? <laughs> and, and the lying media and all that nonsense that's going on. She, she, she really got afraid of that country. She was like, this country is crazy. People are opioid out of their minds, right? I'm not going to let my raise my kids there. My dad always really wanted to come. My dad just loves the freedom of being able to build the extend their house and build a barn in their backyard and yeah. you know have a but get some cows and just have the, the the basic freedoms that you would expect to have but you don't even have the freedom in holland to paint your front door you can't paint your front door no you're gonna have to call the council city council you're gonna call them get a permit to paint your front That's door a because strange. if every door is blue and your door is green you will get in trouble you're like bro what so the hell you, you know yeah, that's so like thing to look the same. That they call it street policy. The way a street looks. You can't have a dirty front yard. You can't paint your front door. You can't build a balcony on the front, the front or the back side of your house. It's regulations. It's 
like whatever this is so many things and this wow. in a way uh, holland in, in a lot of ways is a lot like communism because there's nothing you can really do without getting your you know your permits and your and and it it's it's just very exhausting because you pay 51% taxes here in Holland and you have absolutely no, not even close to the freedoms that Americans have. Come to, come to America, man. Come, come to Southern yeah. California. Definitely. That would be I my think, choice. I, think... I have family there in LA a lot and in San Francisco. So it's, I'm, I'm definitely looking into that with, uh, with my fiance right now because she can make a lot of money as a doctor there and she would get, you know, I, I know the healthcare and that stuff, all that stuff is a is an issue, obviously. But she gets rewarded for the struggle and the effort she put in. And here in Holland, she will make, let's say, like a fifty thousand a year to sixty, seventy thousand a year, maybe a hundred thousand. But she will lose half the taxes. Half of it. Like that over half, fifty-one percent. I think even the concept of the one percent is mind blowing to me. You expect people to give more than half of what they earn. Mafia. It'll never happen. And it'll never happen in America. No. Because it, it's just sore losers, you know. Um, she studied for 20. She's gonna like when she's a doctor. She has studied for 22 years with all the years of schooling that she had. And they want to take half of her income. Yeah. If you're taking half my income. I don't expect to pay for anything else. Well, you nothing at all. You have to. You still got to pay for health care. Half. Yep. You, you, wait, she still has to pay for health. I thought that was be. No, no, no. You're paying Holland. You pay like 150 euros a month. On top of taking half, yeah. half of my paycheck. And they take $400 a year if you make any costs. So that's so like you get a, a penalty for using the health care. Yeah, you get a penalty for 400 bucks a year. So what? So where's all the money going? Where, where's all of the? You tell me, bro. That fifty-one percent. Where's that going? Who? Well, I mean, we have good roads. <laughs> some good roads. <laughs> I got good cheese. Oh, we got like flowers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that the people who are probably giving you guys nice flowers. Are probably private business owners who yeah, are just accepting yeah, contracts from yeah. the government. So I'm like, why not just cut out the middleman and just yeah. go to the guy who knows how to do roads? Like, hey man, can you patch the road up? There why do you go. need the middleman yeah. to take? See, uh, Silverstone says it right. CEOs in the government. I mean, listen, we, they they have some lot of things. Uh, they have a lot of things who are very, very, very well handled. Social services are beautiful. Nobody in Holland is broke or homeless. It has to be by choice. Or there has to be insane, completely lunatic. I've did everything in my power to destroy my life. And I always had food. I mean, I had less food than regular people. I was doing very bad, but that was all my own doing. And at the end of the road, at the end of the social services, at the very, very end, I still had churches and the churches were helping me out, the Christians. This is a country built on Christian morals, Christian values. They will never let anybody go die of hunger. They will never cut off your water. They will never cut off your electricity. They will never just drop you on the side of the street and say, go figure it out for yourself. 
If they ever do, because you're not paying anything, you will have at least five to ten different organizations who will help you out. All you have to do is listen and they will always make sure you're good, your kids are straight, education is free. Of course you're gonna pay, you know, you're gonna be in debt if you become a doctor, but not as much as an American. I think if you're an American and you study to become a doctor, I think you end up with like probably close to like half a million or something. Uh, here in Holland, you end up way below 100, 100k, uh, and that's being a doctor and specialization in whatever you want. You won't even reach 100k, so that's pretty. That's good. Yeah, it's good, and they also give you thousand dollars a month to make sure you're, you know, you can buy food and pay rent, and so there's a lot of things very, very, very wealthy. Also, we we went through every economical crisis very clean. We came out very clean. Every economical crisis and depression, we came out very good, very good. Nobody it, got homeless. Um, in, in comparison to your neighbors, like the yeah, surrounding countries? In comparison to everyone. I mean, companies who went broke got money to not go broke. Now, also, they put up like $2 billion for companies who are on the verge of going broke. They're putting up funds for them so they won't go broke. Uh, there's a lot of systems here in Holland. Uh, but they make it complicated to have access to them. But they, they have, you know, they're doing the American trick. There are systems, but they're complicated. So you got to be knowledgeable to reach these systems and make use of these systems. But they yeah, are. We have systems like that too. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like if we ever fell on hard times and we had knowing, um, I wouldn't be in free fall. There would be no. there. There are a lot of systems and programs here that would do the same thing. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. That I don't think that everyone is knowledgeable knowledgeable enough to, to take advantage. And I don't think that America works for all Americans because America is a big place and there are a lot of cracks that people can fall in between. But despite the fact that America is so big, we do have a strong sense of community that, believe it or not, is able to unite all 50 of these states that are really sort of their own countries they have mm -hmm. autonomy um, they can make their own uh, their own laws to a certain degree as long mm -hmm. as they don't conflict with the federal government but yet despite that we still sort of have this this community that sort of binds everyone together exactly i was driving i was driving through texas and texas is gigantic but we stopped at this um subway in texas and had a sandwich and everyone just kept coming up and saying how beautiful my son was and we just mm -hmm. were talking to people and and I'm like, wow, this is like a th like almost 2,000 miles from where I'm from. And like, here we are in same language, same culture, same food. It's really an amazing, I think you'd really enjoy it. If you, if you ever come here, before you settle on a place to live, mm -hmm. just rent a car and just drive across America and just sort of get an idea of the scope and the scale. Um, I think that's really going to give you, I think every American should do that once in their life. Don't fly across America. You got to drive. So you can yep. take in, take in everything. It's really an amazing experience. Got to do that while you can. You may not be, but um, you should certainly take advantage of that while mm -hmm. um, while you can, if you can. So if someone in the chat said that we should start a podcast together, I'm I'm actually um, rebooting the Meditations of Men podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like I'd like to start. I'd like to have like a core um, nucleus of uh of men who who have strong opinions that we can bounce off of um I, I know i've had you on there before i'd like to have you on there 
Um, we're going to be we're, we're going to be doing it this Saturday. I'll shoot you some details. Um, Anytime, man. We close here today. Anytime. I love that. The work in America as a Dutch doctor is near impossible. The protocol is insanely difficult. And then if you go through that, you still have to find a hospital willing to hire a foreign doctor. That's true. But there's a couple of things why, and I'll explain you real quick why we want to go to America. Uh, first, yes, it's true. It's it's hard to uh, go to the test, uh, but I, it's really hard for me to say because um, my fiance is killing everything at her studies. So I, I cannot say if it's a hard or easy study. I see the things. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not a study guy. I'm not. I never went to school, or, so I, I see the things, and it's mind blowing to me. But she's just killing everything. So I don't know. Maybe she's just very smart. But she, she heard about the test, the, 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 the medical thing that you have to do before becoming a doctor in America. She's like, ah, this is going to be fine. Uh, and her, the, the second thing she got lucky at is that, uh, yeah, the USMLE, yeah. Uh, and the second thing that she got lucky at is that her school in Amsterdam uh, is one of the best medical faculties in the world. The doctors are one of the most requested doctors over the world. Uh, because they have a lot of uh, exotic diseases experiences mm. uh, because they all basically go abroad to study exotic diseases and also they're on the, the basically experimenting a lot with very high technology new technology treatments also Holland has just extremely high level of education overall um, so I think it was last time was like 50th best university in the world or something like that, which is pretty high. Yeah, I think you should do fine. Yeah, and also uh, Iranian doctors are very famous. This is a racism thing. I don't know why, but Iranian <laughs> doctors are very high requested in the world. Hmm. I don't know, but if you look in LA, I've looked up all the Iranian doctors. There are so many Iranian doctors in LA because of the exile. And Tehran back oh, in the yeah. day had a lot of very high quality doctors who went to America and just worked there and build up their life. And they were high educated, smart guys with a lot of money. So their kids just continued their legacy. And all the doctors in, in LA and in San Francisco and Florida, Iranian doctors are very high level doctors. So they love to see Iranian doctor. And also, we have family there with own practices and stuff. So we'll we'll have a smooth landing. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do just fine. Yeah. San Francisco. But I would not out. recommend this. Like, absolutely. America is a very, very rough place to get your start as a doctor. Um, America, uh, if you come to California, there's about a five and a half, six hour drive between um, Los Angeles and San Francisco. But you can make it within a day, five, six hours. It's a lot of driving. Um, if you're not used to driving, but um, that's how close those two cities are. I'm like right smack in the middle of both of them. Mm. Um, I'm a little closer to Los Angeles than than San Francisco, but yeah, it's um yeah about a five five and a half six hour drive between Los Angeles and, and San Francisco. Let's talk more about that about America. Um, yeah, I'll have I'll have you on maybe yeah, this um, Saturday if you have sure. time. Definitely. And we'll, uh, we'll make time for that. Thanks again for having me, Guy. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Always. Anytime you want me on, I'll be there. <laughs> and I hope things get better with the quarantine. And um, I hope you're enjoying this time. Focus on some things that maybe you, you couldn't man. in the past. We all have free time now, so yeah. it's time to get busy, right? Definitely. Love it, man. Thank you, bro. Thanks again. 
Uh, thank you as well. And um, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you.